You're listening to the Roll for Crit podcast, where we are going to discuss tabletop games of the board and or card variety, maybe even some role-playing stuff, some party games. Who knows? All kinds of content can find its way, squeeze its way into the crevices of this fine podcast. Sorry for that disgusting image that I've put in all of your heads. (laughs) Welcome to the show. My name is Jonathan. I'm Will. And as yes, as you said, as yes, as yes. Uh, plenty of board game things always to discuss. There's always so much fun board game things, whether it's in the news or in this case, I think it's going to be very heavily on what we played. But before we get to all of that, as is tradition, we got to do a roll first. Now, yeah. uh, because I'm starting to try to y- spread out which dice I use and I want Jonathan to take part. I'm going to ask, give me a number between one and three again to pick which die will be the one we roll for this episode. Well, just remind me again, what is what does this die roll signify? Well, this die roll will tell us how well this podcast is going to go. I mean, I know technically they're all 20s, but we like to at least try to vary things up. You never know. Maybe sometimes a uh, mimic could appear. I don't think te- any technically or with any other qualifier, are they all 20s? <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to go ahead and say that. But but I but I love the optimism. Uh, let's go with die number one, please. Die one is a blood red die with. Dark gold uh, lettering. Very blood red. What are you you doing this to us? Why was that an option? (laughs) All right. Because it's a cool die. Okay. Well, if it results in our death or injury, (laughs) then I blame it on you. uh, It did result in a nine. That's that's a a little low, but middle of the pack. Okay. All right. Could be better, but could certainly be worse. A nine for this show. Let's see if we can try to beat that. We'll see what if we get a maybe a bonus score from some of our attributes. Role playing games. Those are fun. We're called Roll for Crit. That's the whole thing. Helping us out to boost this nine into the stratosphere. We've got a guest today returning to the show. Our first three time guest. Also, it was our first two time guest and only. Uh, you know him, of course, our friend and producer of the show, Ivan Hahn. Whoa. Oh, how's it going, everyone? Oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm bringing a negative two. To oh, game. Yeah. yeah. So we're at a seven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Just, that, that's just your stats. That's your yeah, podcast. That's, stats. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's going it's to be great, right? Your pod right? stats. My pod stats. Yeah. We just, uh, we just all three of us and a bunch of friends spent the weekend, a long weekend together, hanging out and playing board games. So uh, we're intimately familiar with one another right now. Mm-hmm. If you, if we feel, if you, we sound more intimate than in other episodes, that's why. Well, it's actually the first time I met either one of you in person. Really yeah. Weird. I know. Yeah. Yeah. All any but, videos we've been in on our, that's CGI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at editing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect choice of guess. also because if you haven't listened to our podcast before later on, there's going to be a section where we talk about what we played. And since uh-huh. we had a long game night weekend, there's mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. And we don't just have a guest there sitting like, well, I wish I was there because Ivan was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They definitely it. would wish they were there. <laughs> Everybody really wants to hang out with us. I mean, we, we tried inviting some of the, our past guests, but it uh, didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, Uh, but before we get into all that, we still have uh, the first half of the show, which is going to kick off with all the news that you might have missed from the past week in the board game world. News Roundup. I will never not laugh at that. It's still good. It still gets good. And 
of course, all of us hanging out in person, we weren't able to do that for the past year. But now Why? the three. Well, you see, there was this thing called the global pandemic. Uh-huh. I played and that. it wasn't just a new game from Z-Man. No, 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 no. It was it was larger than that. Fortunately, the three of us, as well as a bunch of our friends are vaccinated. So we were able to get together uh, in the past week. And that's something that's been a point of contention for conventions all over the place. And as we've discussed a few times already on this show for the upcoming Gen Con, which is now just a little over a month away. We previously discussed their health and safety uh, standards, their limitations they're putting in place. And one of those big ones was that you will be required to wear a mask in the building unless you were vaccinated and provided proof of vaccination, in which case they would give you a special wristband and you could take it off uh, in certain areas if you were comfortable. They have now updated their uh, announcement. They have changed their tune a little bit. At this point going forward, everyone who is there is going to be required to wear a mask anytime they are indoors and in outdoor crowded areas. Basically, they say if unless you are eating or drinking, uh, you need to have a mask on at all times. They are not changing anything else just yet, but they do also mention there's a possibility, depending on maybe they're talking to uh, government officials in Indiana, that they may also require vaccination proof. But that's not something they've said in stone yet. And like I said, the things only a month away. So hard to say how much is going to change before them. All three of us are going to be at Gen Con this year as of now, <laughs> like knock on wood. I don't again, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. So I, I can't remember, Ivan, if we if you were, were on in one of the episodes when we talked about this, because it feels like every other week there's some new update. But what's your feelings on this change now about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? I'm 100 percent on on board with wearing a mask. I, I am fully vaccinated. I haven't shown symptoms. Um, I probably would have worn a mask. Anyway, like I still wear a mask when I go out to my local grocery store and being Gen Con, usually I get sick the week after Gen Con anyway. So wearing a mask might just be beneficial every year from now on. Yeah, I I think all three of us were definitely planning on on wearing the masks, uh, not, not the least of which reason is because also we're on camera. So I almost feel like there's a, yeah, almost a responsibility to be like, to not just walk around flaunting it and showing to people, Hey, look, everything's okay. <laughs> you know, we right. don't want to, I don't want to like, uh, set a bad example, I suppose. Yeah. We, we have a certain responsibility being in front of the camera, um, to look safe and, and actually be safe, especially if we're, we're, we're meeting and talking with people, interviewing, um, seeing any of our fans in the, the audience crowd, whatever. Um, yeah. Now, and I, and I know, so I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. I know your feelings on this, Will. I think you're pretty much in agreement with us. But what do you think about the the rest of this, the possibility of requiring proof of vaccination? Do you think that's something that should happen or do you think it's something that could happen? Or is it just kind of a... A little bit of fluff they're putting out there to <laughs> get. I don't think it will happen. I'm hmm. going to start with that. Um, I don't think the government in Indianapolis will require that. I mean, I don't even think I think New York barely got a buy from medical professionals to require that. So I don't think that's going to happen. 
Do I think it should happen? Personally, yes, because I think most people can get the shot and I can, there are probably really few medical instances. I've not heard any that needed. And if they do probably could, that could be proven relatively easily. And for those under 12 and under wear a mask. And I think it's pretty obvious to be like, here's my son. They're 12 or daughter, you know? So I think it, it would be a good thing. I just, but I still don't think it's going to happen. Um, the, and I know when I remember when I actually saw this announcement, that's what I, the entire comment section on Twitter was, was like, great, make vaccine requirement mandatory. Um, so I mean, we're, we'll still see what happens. I know a big thing I saw, which even though like I'm hundred percent in love with the masks, I can like love those masks. Absolutely. But that's I know I some people were like, mouth. so will there be a <laughs> refund policy if you don't I think you should feel comfortable, but like, I do understand, like, I wonder, is that, what, what, are they going to change things for that? Like, especially for the vaccines, if they say, hypothetically, let's say they announced that the vaccine requirement is a week before the Gen Con event. And you're like, well, I, my second shot literally isn't happening till I come back from Gen Con. Cause that's not even like one that you're up for debate. If you've only taken the first shot. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm curious how that would go. I mean, I assume they would have to offer a refund. I, I wouldn't, I would be shocked I thought, if they didn't. I thought I saw something saying like it's past the refund date. Which at the at the, the very least they would roll forward your ticket to the next right. year. Right. I that mean otherwise they would just they were just be making everyone super mad who couldn't go. <laughs> Speaking of it though because I was watching Portal did a video uh talking about why uh Ignacy was worried. He pointed out that Portal in Games friend of the show yes, Ignacy Chavacek. Yep. In 2019 Gen Con sold out. And it was, uh, I think, about 70,000 attendants. Uh, yeah, I, I, that sounds I about that right. Number? I think 65, 70. I might, I might be like adding a, a 10 or something. Yeah. And they, they're cutting down this year already before this. And I think it was down to 35. Okay. And it's still. 3,500. 100. Sorry. Okay. That's why. Yeah, I, was <laughs> adding, I was adding a zero. I Not 35,000. Um, my, my, uh, but last time I checked, and I think it was of his video too, it Gen Con hasn't sold out yet. So not only have they lowered it, but a lot of people already aren't going. Now, the question is, do you think that's because of the mandates? And will now a lot of people be like, now that everyone's wearing a mask, maybe that's enough or even vaccinated. Or do you think just people are not comfortable going at all regardless? I think there's a third variant to that. Trying to get... Well, careful with the word variant. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a big issue right now with getting there. A lot of airlines, spirit airlines this past few weeks, basically refused to fly people because they don't have enough uh, staff. Um, a lot of rental car manufacturers or, or rental car businesses don't That's have the one. cars. So I think unless you live within driving distance um, or are working the convention, I think there might be issues with that. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. I mean, definitely most of the people who go to Gen Con, I don't think live in Indianapolis. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, the travel is certainly a big factor. That's, that's probably the biggest factor. Of course, that's all related to the, you know, the pandemic. And yeah, I think for a lot of people, they don't feel comfortable. And um, at this point, I doubt that this will change anyone's mind. Just even if it does, it's such short notice. They've, they would have to make plans for hotels and travel. Right. I don't think we're going to see a big 
oh, a big spike right now, but maybe maybe a couple people. I do wish they they made the mandate for the vaccines because that's something you can do. Like they're a private organization, uh, Gen Con. And it seems right, like- I just you know it's just I just I'm uh, you know just seeing how so many other people have such a hard time to do it with that where it's even like more obvious like it should be everywhere but at least in my opinion it just seems like I, like they were so slow to do this right why would they you know yeah yeah now my other question is so they said their staff is fully vaccinated and all that but it's not just Gen Con staff that works at this convention center so right, I wonder if the, um, the, the literally the convention center. Yeah, the convention center staff. So I wonder if Gen Con is also requiring them as well, or if they have the power to do so. Um, I guess I yeah I don't probably they don't is my guess, but maybe I haven't looked into it. Maybe the convention center just is already. Maybe it's maybe they all have it as a separate requirement to work there. Right. I would hope, but yeah, I don't know yeah, about and that. that. I think that's a little bit easier, a much smaller group versus a bunch, uh, you know, when it comes to things like this, people pay, they're like, therefore I have a right to be served the way I want to be served. So mm-hmm. how dare you ask me to. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I am yeah. also interested about the, the city around Gen Con, what's going to be open, what, you know, because they haven't had a convention in basically a year, not just Gen Con, but other conventions. So well, sure. I, wonder, I wonder, I didn't even occur to me to look up like how many conventions have happened in the Indianapolis center. I know there was a convention like within the last few months, like maybe two months ago. Um, it was like a snack food convention. But I'm wondering if a lot of these restaurants went out of business from lack of sales. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what goes. I know there's a football stadium there, but if during COVID there wasn't people going to sporting events. I'm sure we lost a few of them, but a lot of them are also like bigger chain restaurants. So they probably right. were, if anyone, were the ones that survived it. Right. But who knows? Maybe we'll go and it'll be a ghost town now. <laughs> I mean, there are people who know. <laughs> we we just haven't kept up with right. the this, this current state of the city. Did they say if they're doing their, their giant food truck thing as well? I'm pretty sure they're going to have the food trucks out there, but I haven't seen any specific okay. uh, talk about it. I, I was curious, by the way, and I did look up. There are plenty of conventions happening beforehand. Okay. Uh, so, so Gen Con is probably just copying roughly what they're doing. Maybe. Could be. Um, I don't know how much they care about that versus maybe other gaming conventions because I don't know. That's probably. I don't know how much contact they have versus board games and whatnot. I will say on their site there was a pop up saying like we recommend our staff wear masks. Right. I didn't see anything about mandatory vaccination. So we'll see what happens about that. And now I know I know you're skeptical on this point, Will, but they they are adamant in this uh, notice Gen Con. They say that uh, they expect they anticipate, quote, that everyone 12 and older at Gen Con will be fully vaccinated. Uh, this is just based on survey data they've taken, I suppose. And who knows what how else they get their data. But uh, that's that's what they that's what they're thinking, and uh, yeah, and it you know. says our staff is one hundred percent vaccinated. Yeah, that one they I hope they I don't think they can fake or predict. I yeah, no, no, that. that one I'm <laughs> I I don't question. The only thing I might question about that is they're talking about literally the Gen Con staff versus the people who work there. Yeah, yeah, our but, staff. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, right. I am still skeptical on that. 
I mean, the fact that there's actually a marketplace, <laughs> this is just hilarious of people spending up to $400 for fake vaccination cards. Oh, yeah. I, now, I, I wonder. I mean, if- that seems like something that maybe is overblown. Like, how many people are really buying those? A lot. I, 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 I assume it's enough that someone's talking about it. So, but yeah, well, but it could just be a meme, right, or something. I don't, sure. I don't. Funny story. When I got my, I ordered online a vaccination card holder. It's basically just a laminated, big card holder, and inside of it was a blank vaccination card. <laughs> and I, I, I immediately like ripped it up and threw it out because like I don't want to like get in trouble for having that. But like, it had the cdc stamp on it like i looked at it next to mine and it was legit that's a bit worrisome yeah and that just came from amazon <laughs> it's a bit weird but i mean neither th- here nor there call call me call me optimistic and naive all you want but right. uh I, I i i imagine that i do think that most board gamers going to this convention want to be vaccinated going to it yeah maybe like i said uh there there are, i just <laughs> paying attention to news stuff makes me a little pessimistic, but I could be completely wrong. It could be a very good offset that most people realize, hmm, maybe if I'm sitting at a table within two feet of other people, I should right. take this vaccination that is free for me <laughs> and yeah. should help not only myself, but everyone around. So now, and like you- I said, we have the game pandemic, so we know what this is about. <laughs> Do you think they're going to have a booth there, like with Johnson and Johnson giving away vaccines? Because when I was at, we went to New York City uh, LGBT Pride Festival, and literally on the street, they had J&J and Moderna or whoever makes it with a sign up to get vaccines. I don't think so, only because they may have like, actually, you know, I take that back. They may have like a sign being like, if you need uh, maybe J&J. Because the one day. That's the one day. Like, go here. Like, not at the convention center, but like. CVS three blocks down. Right. Because I imagine with the New York pride that there's a lot more local traffic there. Mm -hmm. So it's more, it's a lot uh, easier to convince people to take the two day shot. Cause I assume usually you want to take this second shot where you got the first just for easiness. Yeah. Um, And they haven't mentioned anything on this notice either about like testing. Uh, I'm, I think in other, I think in other uh, announcements, they have mentioned that they're they're going to have some form of testing available. I could be wrong about that, but I imagine it'll be somewhere. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I don't see I, why they need to bring the uh, SAT here. I don't need that kind of stuff again. Oh boy, you did it! You did it! You. <laughs> Um, I'm not coming back. Hope you're proud of yourself for that one. It's the third and final. Uh, well, it's a trilogy, you know. You don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to go overboard with it. You really put yourself at risk that way. We will find out what changes are being made to this. Uh, but needless to say, we do recommend anyone listening to this, if you haven't already, of course, get vaccinated, and hopefully things uh, get better for the rest of the planet over the next few months. 
uh, although they may get worse before that happens, as the saying goes. We'll and find if out. If you need a mask, we've got one on our shop. That's right, shameless plug. Oh boy, let's not let's not directly associate our recommendation of safety with <laughs> then our <laughs> shilling to get us some money. We did roll a nine, but <laughs> but um, yeah. So we always you can always go to our merch. I, it's because we don't have a guest this week that you feel more comfortable <laughs> promoting ourselves. I get it. Uh, but anyway, we. We have more news before we get out of the news roundup. The next one is a bit of uh, bureaucratic shuffling about with the, for some board games, some prominent board game companies, particularly Asmodee and Z-Man Games. Um, current slash now former head of Z-Man Games, Stephen Kimball, is stepping away from that role. Uh, Z-Man Games, of course, the publisher that brought us games like Pandemic. He has now been promoted to Asmodee's Director of Special Projects. So Z-Man Games, which once was an independent company, now part of the Asmodee Group. Uh, this guy, Stephen Kimball, is going to be overseeing projects throughout Asmodee from now on. So, of course, they needed someone to fulfill to fill that role for them. And they have landed on Sophie Gravel, I hope I'm saying her name right. That's that's at least how it's spelled. But the reason this is kind of, I, I think, is interesting and notable is that Sophie was part of a group called Philosophia, with, spelled with an F, which previously, a few years ago, purchased Z-Man Games. They formed the group called F2Z Entertainment. Uh, then Asmodee purchased that company, F2Z, which included Z-Man Games. Uh, and after that happened, Sophie left the role and that's when Steven took it over. So she is now coming back to the same position that she once had. Uh, she, she started at a company buying another company, then another company bought that company. And now she's found her way back inside of that company's grasp. It's the circle of life. I am deeply confused. Yes, yeah, so uh, essentially, essentially uh, this uh, former head of Z-Man Games is now coming back to, to the same position of Z-Man Games, and the person that she trained to take over her role is now training her to retake <laughs> over that role. <laughs> so it's a strange shuffling and a strange examination of how these corporate mergers uh, slash acquisitions kind of can work out. Uh, it's weird, but, but according to this, of course, you know, they have a, there's nothing specific right now, but they have a few words about how, uh, she's going to continue on with kind of what they've been saying, which is they're going to focus a lot more in the future on expanding their existing lines like Carcassonne and love letter and such and pandemic, of course. Uh, but uh, of course, she hopes to continue with new projects and exciting things like that as well. I don't know, Ivan, what are, what are your thoughts? I believe we, a few Gen Cons ago, I remember, I'm pretty sure we actually did meet. Uh, with Sophia uh, at yes. one point, and that so that's kind of cool, but uh, not not someone we uh, know super super well, right? But uh, I mean, do we do we expect to see a, a like any actual tangible changes to Z-Man's leadership, or what does this say about the state of our corporate society? <laughs> oh wow, um, it, this is a weird thing in the gaming tabletop gaming industry. I feel like the, the the longer we've been part of it, the more we see people switch around in in job switching jobs in these major corporations. Like you'll hear about like, you know, X went over to this company, Y switched back over there, this person went there, and it's like it's basically one circle 
of, of jobs. It, it's very weird to me. <laughs> yeah, and I want—I mean, I wonder if that happens in other industries too, where it's just this is the one we see we pay it attention to, we, right? Because we're there. Uh, and I also should, this this I think is important to mention. I kind of forgot this part. When after Sophie left uh, Z Man, she founded Plan B Games, and wow. the reason she's back into this fold is because Asmodee bought Plan B Games. So she keeps making she she's just like, all right, I'm going to make a new company. Asmodee will buy it. Gonna make a new company. As I'll say, I'll buy it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that might be the winning formula to a successful board game career right now. If you are in right. the industry, get your company. I mean, that's I mean, that's the formula that most startups these days, uh, especially in tech, you create it and hope a giant will buy you. Yeah. Uh, but but in this case, she's not she didn't just sell it off and then say, OK, let's go. Uh, it sounds like they went around and were like, oh, who? Well, who we want to promote this guy. Who makes sense here? Oh, well, we now hire this person who, you know, already did this. Right, <laughs> so knows she, the job. So it's potentially an easier training. You would think. You would um, think it'd be pretty I mean, easy. I'm sure, I don't know how many years it was, but it's it seems like if you kind of know the gig, you kind of, you know the gig. Like they just need to update her on the, the ins and outs of stuff she probably didn't know before. Um, but I'm wondering if she, they they asked her to come in because she has so many ideas with her. Right. I wonder, I would love to talk to her and uh, find out if, you know, was she eager to get back to this role or does this feel like, Oh, I've, I've been here before. <laughs> I mean, I don't right. think listening. You're, that, that, that that's an invite talking. for the show. Come join us. <laughs> I don't think she's going to talk about it <laughs> negatively in public. That would be kind of a bad PR move for the company. Uh, but uh, Will, what do you think about all this? Um, I mean, like we already seen her in that position. So I just think it's par for the course. I don't think it's something that's going to be like, oh, now we're really switching things up. And I don't mean that to be like, oh, you're so terrible. How could you get this? It's just like, yeah, that's what happened. Like, I, I, I just feel like this is like stocks rose 0.3%. It's it happened. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I mean, has there been much of a difference in Z-Man games like in the past two or three years? You know, I think they have, they, they've talked about how they're kind of cutting down on the, you know, the whole, the Euro lines, you know, we've talked about that before on the show. And again, focusing on these kind of uh, expandable, recognizable franchise names and things. I mean, maybe there's a potential that she might want to go slightly more back to their roots since she has that maybe foundation. i think that's less of a personal like i don't think like this person really hated euros or something i think that's just looking at the marketplace i just don't think those games sell as well yeah yeah that's true but i, I guess there's a you know there's one person who might say they don't sell well so scrap it versus mm. oh how what can we do to fix it because i like because i do have a personal interest in those or something like that I don't know. I, I mean, that's different, different management styles, <laughs> I suppose. I, uh, I have not, I guess, analyzed. I mean, Plan B games, the, the biggest thing I could think from them was the uh, the trilogy. I'm, I'm blinking on the You're talking about Golem. Thank you. Well, Golem was the, like the reskin of it. Oh, and, Century. Century. Yeah. So, yeah. They've, they've done and a bunch of teams. Yeah. I know with that, you know, Century is much more Euro looking. In terms of its game design, not maybe game yeah, design. Z-Man's pretty Euro-y, aren't they? Right, no, no, but what I'm trying to bring up is they, at first, they're like, oh, we'll just do one golem, but everyone wanted to go, I'm like, okay, we're just going to reskin all of these as golems. So I think she 
is going to be in that same boat still be like people really don't just want the classic you know 18th century wooden boats or something they're going to probably i think continue the the trend we've already seen yeah. and looking at plan b's website they are there are also four different companies within themselves it's plan b mm. games all oh, right they, next yeah, move pretzel and eggs egg Eggspiele? You thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so so we've, got, we, we've got pretzels, eggs, honey. What's the last one? Mm, honey. We I, I'm eating the bee. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny that you, you know you talk about like not wanting 18th century wooden boats and most of the games on Z-Man's website, that's exactly what they all look like. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, maybe I, we should expect a reskin of all. I don't know how far there is. Golem versions of everything. I mean, Carcassonne, uh, Gold Citadels, Carcassonne. Stone Age, Merchants of Marauders, Mar- the Voyages of Marco Polo. They all have this look to them. And plan- and looking at their games, too, they have Plan B has really big titles. Yeah, yeah. So she's got she's got experience. And and this it'll be interesting also, you know, what this means for Asmodee at large, because it sounds like uh, Stephen Kimball must have done something right, according to Asmodee with his time there, because they promoted him. So, right. He'll have his fingers and more pies. Oh, they changed the art for Camel Up. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, that happened a while ago, my friend. Uh, so uh, this is, uh, you know, just one of those businessy stories uh, that we'll see. But why don't we talk about an announcement of a new game I thought was interesting and intriguing. Uh, that's a little bit more fun, a little sillier. This is from Pandasaurus Games, who, as far as I know, is not owned by Asmodee <laughs> just yet. Uh <laughs> This game is called That Time You Killed Me, mm. designed by Peter C. Hayward, who uh, has done some other notable titles. He actually is the founder of Jelly Bean Games. They did a bunch of stuff like Dracula's Feast, a bunch of Kickstarter games. So it's cool that he's doing something for Pandasaurus. And I love the premise of this game. It's a two-player head-to-head game wherein you are traveling through time trying to kill the other person. Uh, in order to prove that you are the true inventor of time travel. So you're both going through the past, present, and future, trying to find uh, different versions of each other through time and take them out before they can take you out. And it's a very weird-looking game to me because the core of the gameplay uh, is still looks very abstract. There are three boards, each one representing a different time period, and each one kind of looks like a miniature chessboard. And you have pieces on all three at the same time that represent yourself in different time periods. And on your turn, you're like moving between them, uh, trying to kill the other person by like pushing them off the board. Or uh, you can push them into another version of themselves, which creates a paradox. <laughs> and uh, so so that that's happening. You're moving around, like I said, these chess-like pieces. But there's also a, a narrative campaign element to this. There's four chapters, and as you play, you unlock new rules, new components, new stuff, uh, like a lot of campaign games these days. And new things happen, and there will be changes to the board. And I I think it's an interesting combination of those two. You know, usually when you have a game with a narrative campaign, it's like a dungeon crawler or there's an app or something. But the gameplay here, to me, on the surface at least, looks very traditional. Uh does this sound like a fun premise and idea to you, Ivan? It does, but the main part that is is extremely striking to me is the the very surrealistic art style. Like it looks mm-hmm. like a Salvador Dali painting. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, in it's interesting. There's, um, you know, the boards themselves are pretty basic, but yeah, there's some cards and all, and each one of these chapter boxes, which we don't know the contents of. Okay. Yeah, they they have, and the cover itself, of course. Yes. R I, yeah. 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 That's a good. Yeah, it's very weird and cool. It see it seems like a, a fun game. Um, what else has this studio made? Pandasaurus. Yeah. Um, they've done a bunch of stuff. I don't know if you ever played Dinosaur Island with us. Probably not. Okay. But um, the, the Mind, the, they now have the rights to which was Machikoro. Oh, we did play the Mind. That's the one where you have to try to play the numbers and read each other's <laughs> what, what yes. we're going to play. Yeah, Machikoro is probably okay. a big one. Yeah, uh, it, it looks really cool. It seems super out there, which I kind of like. It's like a, it's like a new take on a tabletop game. Yeah, Pandasaurus has had a few pretty unique announcements uh, this year, some of which will be uh, you can pre-order now or will be available at Gen Con. Uh, what, yeah, what do you the think Loop, about this? I think, is just coming out or pre-order? I can't remember if it's pre-orders or I just I think it's still pre-order. I think it'll okay. be, uh, but you never know with board game releases these days. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan. We had a guest come on. I can't remember who, but they talked about so playing far, right. a game that was on three separate boards. Um, I can't think of, uh, I think they, I think at the time they said it was a bit more abstract. Yeah, I don't, they, I, I think they compared it to, um, not only, is it Onitama? The one that where you is play a the game The play the cards and like moving chess, like movements. Okay. 3D chess from Star Trek. If, if you're trying to get me to remember the name of it, I'm not gonna, <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, that's how it played. And that was the first thing that came. I'm like, I swore someone talked about that with three boards and moving them across. It was so. not this game. I can tell you that much. No, it was I don't think so. Unless. Uh, they, they they secretly told us this, or it was like well, they could have had a prototype, but no, that yeah. it wasn't. It also see it looks like a small game too, which is nice. It's a two player game. It's well, it says fifteen to thirty minutes, which in our group is tripled. <laughs> well, that's well, you only have two people, so you have a it's a lot harder to extend that. But that's True. interesting too that it's such a short game. I wonder. You know, as I said, it's a narrative story with four chapters. If each one only takes thirty minutes. I'm guessing there's got to be a a way to play it after you're finished. So I'm right. curious about that, how that's going to work. We don't know anything yet. Uh, I, I, Will, any other thoughts? Like, does this does this sound like something cool? I mean, definitely worth checking out. What it, I feel like there's been a because there's also a video game that's about like two people who can travel through time trying to kill each other. I th I, th I guess we all just think like there could only be one for everything. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm I do think the replayability will be there, Jonathan. That you brought up. Because I think Machi Koro Legacy actually did a decent job at that. Like, mm -hmm. so I don't think this should be. I, I assume since this literally isn't a legacy game, that that will be possible. Like, I don't think that yeah. should be too much of a worry if for anyone that is a worry you have. Yeah, maybe it will be, you know, the fact that they're sealed makes me think that you want it to be a surprise. But I mean, if each one takes 30 minutes, maybe this is the kind of thing where the four chapters are more like almost like phases and mm. when you play this game you might just say hey we have two hours let's see who wins this time when we play through the campaign well okay. if you pre-order now it does say a free promo envelope full of secrets so what i think might happen could be even if let's say jonathan we you and i play you beat me we open chapter one and says like if the if the if this player won by two out of three boards or something whatever thing is Look at this card. So even if you open it, you might not see everything in the in the box. Yeah, maybe. 
so I'm looking at the rule book now, and it looks like there are like three ways to play too. There's advanced expert and grandmaster. So that seems like you can go back and replay. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely intriguing. I'm curious to see exactly how it works. It made me think also of the game, uh, board game Tragedy Looper. And it, I think time, like the idea of time travel and your actions affecting different quote unquote eras in different ways in board games mm-hmm. is a very cool gameplay mechanic that I'm. you don't see explored that much. But when it does come up, I think it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Okay, so that's that time you killed me, uh, which oh. I don't. They don't have a specific date right now, but I'm guessing it'll be sometime later this year. And I'm sure we'll see it at Gen Con. Perhaps we will. Perhaps we will. I don't know if I'll say I'm sure because I have no idea <laughs> what's going on at Gen Con anymore. Right, or who's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't remember if Panasaurus will be there or not. All right. So uh, that's... they will be. Okay. Because there, uh, there is a actual Gen Con pickup for. Oh right. Sure. Uh, Luke. Yeah. I did see at least one. I hope that I hope it's not like it's pick it up there, but we won't be there. We're going to send you a it could FedEx be through package a to it Gen could, Con. It could be like pick it up at the cool stuff booth or something uh, <laughs> for all we know. Well, one weird thing, because I, I looked at the, the Gen Con map, eBay is going to be there. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe I can sell some of my games. Well, I'm actually no, I bet they're there because after the whole um, thing with trading cards. Because a lot of people bring their cards to the sell or get more, so they're like, "Oh, we can get a whole bunch of more to sell on there." But what are they gonna? What do they do? They buy stuff from people walking yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, if you walk next time, you walk by like the cool stuff booth. Uh-huh. Look, and they'll have like people sitting down with these play mats from that say like two dollar, five dollar, ten dollar. They literally have people bring their cards there, and they go through and they like grade them, like quickly look like this is near mint, this is lightly played, right. and put them in these spots for trading. So yeah, that that's a thing that happens. Yeah, at but like, then, but, does but eBay cool, sell right. like? Yeah, cool eBay... stuff has a store. Sorry. eBay is made up of individuals, as far as I understood it. You know uh, what? I, yeah, right? Is there that... are official eBay stores, I believe, and they might oh. even just be like, "We'll do this as a way to trade." Like maybe they'll buy a bunch of board games and cards, just bring it there. I thought they might just be just advertising, just like here's that how too. easy that it too. is to sell. Stuff I, I didn't see. I haven't seen the map, so I don't know how big the booth is. Like if the booth is really small, they'll probably just be like, you can sell and buy stuff on our site. Remember Unless us? They're the official shipping partner of or that, that Gen too. Con. But anyway, sorry. Too bad. There's no way any of us could find any of this information out. All right. So that's the end of our news roundup. Uh, let's talk about what's going on on Kickstarter. Kickstarter, Pickstarter time. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. This one. Kickstarter, Pickstarter. This week was not quite as crazy as last week, which had so many big projects, but there's still some gems out there. I think, Ivan, we'll start with you. What did you dig up on Kickstarter? Ooh, I found a very interesting um, pile of games, is how I'm going to a collection of games. It's the title is Kittens Love Sushi, and there's just a bunch of other games associated with it. This is a game pack of uh, of different card games that you can you can get through Kickstarter. It's 31 original card games. That's a lot. It's a, it's a <laughs> lot of games. Um, you can buy all 31 for four hundred and sixty five dollars. Um, or you can buy each individual or whatever you want for $20 each. Um, it's very weird. <laughs> um, 
So the, there's a few that I were look I was looking at. So it's it's a bunch of like I said, small portable games, the size of playing cards, just a regular deck of playing cards. Um, it seems like these games are really marketed to sell in like a brick and mortar store. Like you could put them next to your cash register, and uh, they'll be like a last minute impulse buy. Um, the, the packaging is basic but cool they just it's it's x amount of cards in a plastic clear plastic uh container um but some of the picks out of the 31 because going through all of them is crazy um one is called ghosts exclamation point it's like uno you match colors and faces but there are special action cards to mess with your other players um so they're little card games kind of like that Another one is Murderopolis. All right. <laughs> it is a role-playing game. Uh, you, you are a private investigator, and you solve one of the town's open murder cases. So this, this town, Murderopolis, has many, many murders going on, and you have to go through and try to figure them out. But as you're investigating the murder, you can also be murdered yourself. I'm also I'm looking at these and uh, there's there's a card from Murderopolis they show which I guess is just the description of the game that has a fair bit of profanity in it. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of weird because a lot of these look very kid friendly. Yeah, I would say the art style varies, but overall <laughs> it looks very much like cute, friendly, like Hello Kitty emoji looking right <laughs> art. You know. Uh, like, like if you yeah. look at like uh, falling down, it's very like you're looking through a kid's first book art. So yeah, the this is an interesting. So I, I I briefly looked at this. I didn't realize there were thirty one of them. Thirty <laughs> thirty. It's thirty one games, and how many? It's it says how many cards, like. 2170 cards <laughs> yeah and um oh they have actually a thing here about age recommendations uh, so the, so they do reference a few that have profanity and stuff so mm -hmm. at least you know they're aware of that but it's very interesting because you know we see plenty of collections on kickstarter i've backed a few where it will be like five or six games even and you're like wow what value but this right. seems like I, they clearly, other than that one, I mean, you can, but it doesn't seem like they want you to buy this whole collection, which is a weird right. approach. Like, it seems like, like they right at the top, it says 10 new games. Like, that seems like, why add 10 new games when you already have 21? Oh. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it seems cool because, like, the whole pack of game uh, style of games that you had back, what was that, a couple years ago now? Oh, yeah, wow. Like, a little pack O game, yeah. Yeah, where you can get what was it six or 12 games in one uh mm -hmm. container mm -hmm. this kind of seems like what they're doing but this is just a lot of games <laughs> yeah for me this is like some of them look cool then some of them look like they could be fun little games but it is a little uh, like maybe i'm wrong but I, as a as a backer i look at this and i just don't even know where to start right i feel like it'd be better to do like five at a time and like have a new project every six months or something. No, all in drink from the fire hose. <laughs> uh, and it seems like it's all by one person. That seems like, I, th I think you're right. Just, uh, I believe it's Joshua. 
but it yeah. seems like like if you have i mean this is, i love a lot of these games but if you have 31 ideas for games space it out yeah it's hard i'm i'm I can't find it. It looks like maybe he had a different account name or something mm. because it sounds like some of these games have been on Kickstarter before. Oh, here right. we go. Oh yeah. You know, he, he has a, he has a history of games. And so they, some of these have been funded. So okay. I think maybe this is, and multiple of them have been for multiple games. Some of these have been individually on Kickstarter before. So it sounds like this is 10 new games and also it's just you can also back every other game he's ever made. Like a reprinting or Yeah, but the the way it was laid out, I yes, that was not clear to me, but now I see but, that. But still though, 10 new games in one Kickstarter seems like a lot. Yeah. He, I, yeah, I'm sure he could have gone away with just 5. <laughs> um I, I guess it's, I mean, he's done a bunch of them, so I guess uh, They all seem really cool. Like it's it's awesome. that basic thing that like you can bring this to a diner or you know, you're going to a beach or whatever. You just bring a small game and it's all contained into this one set. I'm looking at this now. I'm looking at all these projects and another thing they all have in common. This is very interesting is all of them have very low funding goals. So the average amount of backers on these things is like 50 or fewer. Oh. So I'm now I'm wondering what are these games and who has even played them? <laughs> Actually, like this is kind of strange. <laughs> I um, was not. Uh, now, was it all they were all funded? Yeah, they were all funded because they all have a goal of like a thousand. Okay. So yeah. it's not that hard to hit. Um, but I, I guess maybe he's just doing, cause they're only card games. There's no components. I guess he's just printing them on demand and right. Shipping them out. But there's, this is kind of, there's kind of weird. <laughs> it's just a little <laughs> bit weird. I don't know what's going on here. Cause it's all, it seems private. So it's not associated with a company. I mean, his company, I think it's just one guy who's just having fun, but the art looks nice on them. Yeah. And, and, and the games themselves seem, yeah, of course they copy some other game mechanics, because when you have 31, you're going to do that. But they all seem fairly original. Yeah. I so I'm interested know. to see. Now I want to back some of these just because I'm curious what's going on here. Right. <laughs> is this like a money laundering scheme or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is one of the risks. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, kittens love sushi. Kaput. It's, it's, and, uh, yeah, that's 18, why the title others. threw me off. So, uh, Look that one up. $20 for one or 400 plus for all of them. Uh, Will, do you have a pick that is uh, maybe maybe not as sus as this one seems to be? <laughs> My pick is a very obvious one for me, and it's Flamecraft. In this game, you are playing as little dragons, and you're trying to get the most resources and points by helping to upgrade the, the bazaar, this town, uh, town center. Town Square. I know words. And mm -hmm. throughout this game, you're going to be placing your worker on a, like a shop that will be dealt out at the start on this mat. And as well as other little small dragon cards with different effects that will help you gain points as well as other resources. And throughout the game, you're actually going to get not only stronger dragons, but you'll be able to enchant the shop so they start doing other things as well. So maybe that shop that only made jewelry now makes jewelry and tea. So you can really change up the engines of all the different places. And it has 
two versions, which I do love. You got a bit, a nice version that still has all these lovely little meeple components, still very nice, but they also got these bigger plastic dragons you can get in a more deluxe version. And it just looks, everything about it looks adorable. I actually, on the cover is a, is a piece I've seen a lot, uh, pretty often online of a waiter with a little dragon burning someone's creme brulee, I think is the, the dish. I remember <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, did they steal this art? I got to check. It's the same. Yeah, okay, same artist. They got the, actually this artist to do it. <laughs> um, and it just looks so adorable and fun. And it's got dragons. I'm in. But here's a little fun thing. I think, Jonathan, you're going to want to take a look at even if you don't decide to back it. Uh-huh. They have six puzzles for you to do. Oh. If you do one of them, you get access. To, it's added to your pledge, the a special uh, meeple for the, what well, I think it's called the, the Fancy Dragon. But if you do any one of the other ones, you're entered in a chance to win the all-in pledge. And each puzzle after that also gives you an, an additional entry. So they have these fun little puzzles for you that actually give you rewards. I think it's so much fun and such a cool idea. Okay, I'll try some of these puzzles out. Maybe, yeah, yeah. No, this one caught my eye. It's, I, I think it looks really cool. I mean, obviously the art is it looks very uh, Ghibli esque to me, or makes me think of like Kiki's Delivery Service or something like that. Maybe, um, except with there's I guess no dragons in that movie, <laughs> but uh, that that sort of vibe to it. It's very peaceful, very adorable, with cute little food things. And yeah, it's got. It's got a lot of positive quotes from people on there. So, I, I, yeah, and I will say the mechanics I think sound actually fun too. It's not just yay dragons. <laughs> yeah, for but sure. I mean, come on, that that should be good enough. Yeah, <laughs> why friend of the show Sarah Shaw is a fan. I just like saying people are friends of the show. Makes me yeah. Uh, well, like. I also th yeah, and uh, our family plays games as well. Well, there you go. So uh, definitely uh, take a look at Flamecraft. How much does that one go for? Uh, the regular edition is $39. That's the standard one. And for the deluxe, it'd be, you know, all your pretty stuff will go will run you $80. Okay. This is from Cardboard Alchemy. They've done a couple on here, but I don't remember uh, having seen them before. All right. But that leaves us with my pick. And, you know, 31 games is, is uh, that, that's a little too much for me. So I settled on one that only has three in it. Still, I'm sorry, that's, it's the, that's not good enough. It's the middle ground between the two extremes, and it's this new one from Bitewing Games, Reiner Knizia's Criminal Capers Collection. This is three new games from designer Reiner Knizia, who uh, has I, I probably don't need to tell most people listening to this, but he's done games like Raw and uh, Tigris and Euphrates and like hundreds of others. He's a prolific game designer and all three of these are small card games around 20 minutes and they each have a theme around the crime world but with a little bit of a cute twist that kind of there's animal people kind of looks like zootopia or something like that and they're all pretty different so the one of them is called soda smugglers and this one sounds a little bit like sheriff of nottingham where you are trying to smuggle soda uh, as you're traveling and you'll have cards that represent suitcases with different types of soda in them. This is a world where soda is illegal or you're only allowed to have one bottle of soda. <laughs> and uh, when you, you, you know, you put forth your, your cards to the judge that round and you actually have one card as a bribe and then the other two are hidden and they can choose one of your cards to look at. And if it has more than one soda bottle in it, 
then you'll be penalized for it. But if your bribe is good enough, maybe they won't look at it. So kind of, again, like Sheriff of Nottingham, a little bit of uh, bluffing, negotiating, but it's all cards. So it'd be, I imagine, a lot faster and uh, less stuff to figure out on the table. Then so there's yeah, apple soda, cheese soda, bread soda, chicken soda. <laughs> Ugh, I mean, that's there. There has to be a uh, uh, Stanley Tucci's joke in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll just let that one sit. We'll see if, if the audience knows they know. Uh, the next game is Pumafiosi. So it's like Mafiosi, but with Pumas. And this is a trick taking game that is interesting because the second highest trick uh, is actually the sorry the second highest number wins the trick and there's this whole thing of adding your characters to different orders in this line this hierarchy then they can get kicked around and pushed around you're trying to be the highest one in this line based on who wins which tricks and then the last game is called hot lead where you are undercover investigators and uh, this might be the most interesting one to me. It's a bidding game. Like cards in your hands have numbers on them and you're, you know, the highest number gets uh, the best card. Second highest gets the second best card and so on, except you might not always want the best card. You're trying to collect sets of different colors, but if you have too many of one color, I think as if you get a four or more, then it's, you've investigated too hard and the criminals uh, catch your scent and you lose them all. So, you might not want to bid on something and other other, but you don't know which number other players are going to play. So they're going to be trying to maybe get you to bid on the thing. So you don't get all the points for the cards you earned already. <laughs> Sounds like a very cool twist on bidding games that I'm excited about. So yeah, the, the three of these games, you can get just one for $19 or you can get all three for $49. Oh, so that's not bad at all. A little bit of a discount. Yeah. And they're just small card games, uh, not too many components, but I mean, such a great designer. And uh, also, I assume that, you know, you get the complete collection on the front of the box. It says three of three in the criminal capers collection. So you, you can you can get it all. If you're a collector, you can feel good about that. Uh, so, again, that is uh, Reiner Knizia's criminal capers collection. It's on Kickstarter now. And uh, yeah, there, no, nothing. No, there's nothing else. I think I think we hit all the ones that I've thought were interesting no like i said there's no other giant ones like there were last week right we'll put links to all those so you can see what you think and now we'll get to really probably the meat of this episode now already almost an hour in but it's about to really cook up cook up sure why not as we're we talk meat. about the things that we've been playing in table talk i don't know table talk table talk table talk Again, as we said at the start of the episode, we had an entire weekend playing games with each other and several of our friends, so much so that we don't have time to talk about all of them. Uh, And this is where I will do the plug. Uh, We have a Patreon, which we'll mention at the end of the show, and we'll be talking about more of this stuff in our bonus Patreon episode. But for right now, we've kind of picked... Uh, some of the some of the highlights. Maybe we'll stray here or there tangentially talk about some others, but we're going to try to cover some of the big ones. Uh, and I, but I, th- I think we got to start with one that Will and I played. Ivan, you were you were you were you were watching for part of it slash maybe napping <laughs> while we were experiencing <laughs> it. But it's certainly the the biggest release uh, in the past couple weeks especially considering, you know, I've seen all the reviews coming out for 
the new descent game. We, we haven't had the chance to do that ourselves. So this, this is the new hotness that we got our hands on and it's Ankh, a N K H from Eric Lang, the third in his, uh, spiritual trilogy of games from Simon follow up to rising sun and blood rage, an Egyptian themed, uh, competitive area control game. Uh, Will you backed this? So why don't you? I mean, lay, lay it out for us. Well, what, what? How does the game work, and what was the experience like? Well, uh, this game is part of the, I guess, spiritual trilogy. That's what I said blood. just now. Yes. <laughs> so it plays. It's a similar, somewhat similar play style. It's very area control, but I feel it does some things to make it a little bit different, or at least really not feel as bad if you're not usually good at having your army stay out. In this game, you each are playing as a god, and you're trying not to make sure you are forgotten. You want to be the one that everyone worships. So you're going to compete, be competing over monuments as well as just fighting each other and winning battles to be remembered. But throughout the game, as you choose actions, if enough people take the same action, you'll trigger events. These events could be claiming monuments, uh, dividing up Egypt into new regions, or causing battles. When enough of these battle phases happen, there's going to be some unique ones, uh, unique phases and sort of that could trigger either end games or change up the state of the game. The first one is the merging of gods. The two players in last place actually join together to become one god. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we actually talk about what happened with us. The second big one is the scoring track is split into red and blue. Once you hit this phase, if you're in the red, you're gone. Everyone's forgotten you. You're not good enough. You're you're so last season. If you're in the blue, you keep going. Now, if you're only one player there, that's it. The game ends. If there are multiple people in the blue area, you keep going to the very end of the game and just whoever's the highest. Which if is just like is, one or two rounds after that, right? It's not like yes, that. Yeah. It, I think three. Mm -hmm. uh, or three event triggers. So right. a round could be longer, but... Yeah. The, if, if no one is in the blue... Egypt becomes atheist and everyone loses. <laughs> we that's where our game ended. We did have only one person in the blue just made it. Um, now the merging though, that's going to be the big thing. I think that makes it spread out, not spread out, stand out compared to some of the other games. Jonathan, you were part of that merge. Yeah, well, I, so I almost, actually... I kind of want to start with the other stuff because I, okay. I feel like that's such a, controversial thing that we're going to talk about. Like I, 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 I do want it for at least for a minute, just also focus on like the, cause that is, I mean, it's a big part of the game, but it doesn't happen until late. So I, I, I to me, it's not, um, I, I don't, I don't know. It's not, it's, it's not most of the experience is not that I think for most players, but we can talk about it. But, but I mean, the, the game itself, it, so it's basically, like you said, it's definitely similar to rising sun uh, in, in certain ways, uh, it's still you're still controlling areas. You are do, are doing combat. You have a set of cards in your hand during combat with various effects on them that you can play. And I think what the most interesting part of the game for me was the way you pick your actions. You get two actions a turn, uh, but they're in a certain hierarchy, a certain order, and you can only pick uh, an action that's lower than the first action you picked for your second action. So uh, if I picked action number four on my turn, then my turn is done because I, I can't pick one, one through three. And if I pick action number two, then I'm limited to three or four for my second action. Uh, 
so, and, and then in addition to that, there's tracks for each of these actions that are moving up. And at the end of each track, there's a little bonus that triggers a special event. So you might want to not do an action because it'll set someone else up to be the one who receives that special bonus. And I really like that having to think about what other players are doing and what, how that's going to affect you. And I love that, you know, the, I feel like what the, the thing that makes this game take a very long time is the conflict phase when you actually go around to each region and everybody possibly fights and you score things and see what's going on. The actions themselves, those rounds, uh, move relatively smoothly, I thought. And I, I, I think there's a nice, a nice flow to them, at least with our, with our group. So like general impressions of all that stuff I, I loved. I think those are cool. Those are what the cool mechanics were to me. Once again, I do like I agree. I think Eric Lane does a really good job of making these game mechanics that compared to maybe some other which I mean, let's go with the most basic like risk where I think of like there's just times I just feel I can't win a fight in this. I don't feel nearly as bad. I feel I can get troops back faster. I feel like there's so many other ways for me to take advantage of the situation and combined with the hierarchy track and even like. Along that hierarchy check, like I said, if enough people take the move action, for example, you might trigger an event. Sometimes you'd be like, I don't want to trigger the event. Or if I take the move action, I'm making it so the next player can trigger an event. I know they want that. So I feel there's a lot of clever choices you can make. And even for our group, which I feel we are, we really need to work on, like, I think we all need a sand timer or something to lower these play areas. Like, we're just very bad in general, not... Yeah, but I, I don't uh, think I'll, I, I'll say I think I'm a I'm just going to say it. I think I'm better than most of our group. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I'm just going to say it. <laughs> but but we could all stand to improve. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Mainly you. We, okay. we can start the fight now. Yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it is a, it is a constant struggle. But I, yeah, but uh, I just wanted to say also, like, oh, I guess I'll there is a that also is something fun in the conflict zone, too. I guess we'll. They'll save it. I, re, I was like, there's one thing we forgot to talk about. I'm like, oh, wait, because it was in the conflict part. You mean the merging part? No, I mean oh. when you're fighting. Oh, we could talk uh, about it right now. What? Sure. Uh, in the conflict part, which takes a little bit longer, that's when the actual fighting happens. The th- uh, one of the things that is really fun that happens there is for everyone who actually has figures there, you're going to fight, and it's a winner-take-all. If there's a tie and that someone isn't the highest, everyone dies. Except for God. God's always lived. So you always have your strongest unit out, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But well, strongest because it has an ability. It's not actually... it was For you, it was stronger than your other units. Well, no, because <laughs> even other people, they can get, like, increase their base strength, the base strength of their God. True, stuff. true. But it's not guaranteed. It depends on your, your build and stuff. They start still, out It the feels same. good. <laughs> At least, all right? Yeah. No, yeah. I just... I just <laughs> I'm not saying they're not strong. I'm just saying, strictly speaking, it's not like, oh, your god has three defense. I mean, they're invincible, so they don't have defense at all. But uh, I, I think that's I like that's one of the things I liked about it is that it's it's not as if you have one all powerful. It, it was easy to like count up your points in each region usually because mm-hmm. uh, you didn't have to think about, well, this is my this guy that has this much points. Everyone's kind of on the same playing field. Right, like, even though I love the game, but in Cthulhu Wars, you know, you're like, all right, this one's two, this one's four, I've got four of those guys, and then this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, even uh, Rising Sun, I think, you know, has some of that stuff. But in the it. other fun thing is you have a, every player has a hand of cards that are the same. They have different backs, they're just, so you know, like, this is Raw's. 
and they'll have cards on here that are like give you plus three strength or maybe zero strength, but everyone on a fertile space doesn't die. So there's a lot of that. What are my opponents going to play? Because you can actually predict better because once you play it, it stays out until you play the recycle card, which usually you don't want to play every time because that's all it does. It doesn't give any strength or anything. So you can be like, oh, he played his strong card, the one that gives a lot of strength. So I he he can't like boost in out of nowhere, get plus three strength. So there's a very a lot of th like back and forth and trying to bait the other person. Though there is one card that seemed to <laughs> cause a lot of trouble, that which was the the plague card. Uh, if this card is played, people will bid worshippers, which are pretty much your money threat for most of this game. And whoever bids the highest is the one whose soldiers, warriors aren't killed off. Yeah. So every time you're like, okay, who's going to bomb the region? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what you said about, oh, yeah, these games, they you don't have to feel as bad if you're not as good at winning the battles. Generally, I agree with that sentiment. <laughs> I won't say it's impossible, as I found in this game, I did have a particularly bad turn wherein I had pretty much my entire like the preceding round, all the setup I had done was just wiped by a rough, by a plague of locusts because I didn't have enough money to uh, beat it. And I did not predict that card coming out, nor did I plan for it. Uh, and that was pretty rough. That was pretty rough. And as a result, as you said, I was uh, ended up in last place. And although, you know, everyone was within like four or five points, it wasn't like a huge last place. And like you said, there's this merging mechanic, and this is a very th big thing. If you go to the Board Game Geek for this, and uh, I've heard in the Kickstarter comments, you know, this is nothing new. We're not the first people who have talked about this, but it wasn't something that uh, I, I I didn't know this was going to be a thing. And we didn't, which I, in hindsight, I think I wish we definitely did, uh, go into great depth about how it was going to work until it happened. And I think that would have helped me at least psychologically. <laughs> uh, I knew, I understood that. So what happens is well, the two people in last place become one God and whoever was in second to last, they move on the score track back to the position of the very last player. The two of them now share one space and that last player, which in this game was me, has all of the monuments they've conquered removed from the board. All of their warriors and their god removed from the board. <laughs> All of their uh, followers, their tokens and cards and things are subsumed by the second to last player. And essentially that player uses their units and now the two of you are on a team together. And you still take two separate turns, but now you each only get one action. Uh, so it essentially splits that player's turns in two and combines those people into a team working together now against the other players. And I still don't know how I feel about this in terms of say balance and mechanics and game design reasons. Um, but I, and, and, and I will say, I guess on the positive end, I, to an extent, uh, towards the end of the game, I enjoyed working together with, uh, my new partner, uh, and trying to plan out what we should do. I think there's something interesting about strategizing in that sense. But certainly when it happened and kind of for the rest of the game, uh, there was a lingering feeling of disappointment as it really felt like I was kicked out of the game and essentially yeah. became what felt like uh, the other person's little brother <laughs> tagging along going, 
pointing to the board saying, hey, maybe do this with pieces that weren't really mine. And I am, and now, you know, she had to deal with me also, and she couldn't just do her two actions the way she wanted to, because one of those was mine. And maybe we wouldn't agree on what, what we both wanted to do. Uh, so that experience was kind of frustrating. And I, I think all of us were kind of taken aback. I mean, she, she even more than me. I mean, she, I think she was at least initially very unhappy with this turn of events, just thought it seemed bad (laughs) um and i i will admit when we first started playing this game i mean the up until this point i remember truly thinking like oh this is a this is a game of the year contender i'm 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 predicting for both of us and by the end of the experience i don't know if I don't know if this is really going to make my top 10 truly. Now it's only one play and it needs more plays. And like I said, I think a big part of it is psychologically understanding that that mechanic is coming up and being prepared for it mentally will go a long way towards making it palatable. But even with all of that, there is something about it still that rubs me the wrong way. I don't know that it's going to ever fully work for me. Even reading the rules at the time, I'm going to say it still felt like in my head, I'm like, oh, this will be interesting because I, I did read through all the thing. I even I was like, I should explain this. I never were, then people were like, no, let, let, well, we can wait until we get there. Well, that was let's that was you start. You wanted to explain it a couple rounds before it happened. And I said, you know, we're already in the game. We might as well just wait. It, it wasn't like uh, the beginning. Right. But that was because I was like, there's I, I feel like at least get a, 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 the core mechanics down since it was so far away. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why. And I think that I, I understand that instinct, but that's why I, I just think now looking back, we couldn't have known. I I think there are even some strategic decisions that might change as a result of that phase. But continue with your impressions of it. I it reminds me when a game says it can go up to four players, but really it's a two player game. And when it's mm. a, you had the four, they're a team and they're just sort of it's almost like they're controlling one player in the two player game. It's. It's not the same thing. I can think of other times when there's when it, there are teams, but it's because one player has their own deck of cards than the other player, so they are they have their own components. Like you said, you you in essence you lost all your stuff. Lost all my stuff, <laughs> and I'm you know the the positive the optimistic way of looking at it is well now that's both your stuff. But, but, it, but it in my still, in, in my gut, I'm like, but that stuff was mine for two and a half hours. <laughs> and so what was the point of it? You know, it fe- it's like I said, psychologically, it feels bad. So it's basically like you lost the game, but we'll just let you stick around. Yeah, I mean, like theoretically, I could win. I still could win with and actually we we didn't win the two of us. But, you know. We did kind of have, in I think, a good, a decent comeback, and we didn't. Oh last. no, you did. You um, you really pressed all of us very hard. You, so like, you, it's it's not as if oh, this you, is you like, definitely. I think you could be announced, not announced. You could definitely be the main reason why two of us, like, <laughs> at least lost a lot of points. But the thing is, all of that was because of what she set up. I had nothing to do with it. I was just like playing That's the true. hand it, I was dealt. Well, yeah, and in fact, the fact that all your stuff disappeared because the and that, this is another thing I'm much more interested about with this game. The way the board was set up and the way we sat around the table tells you where your god spawn. Like I don't think I was having a conversation with someone 
the one of the person one person who was the water the uh, Sobek, whose uh-huh. ability was to pretty much be able to be on water spaces and make them and he had a really nice spot where he just had his god there the entire time. I don't think he would have been as good if he was second or first in our seating order. Hmm. Like his starting space made a huge difference. So I'm wondering like, how would that matter? Because in this game, because just where we started, the way Jonathan worked out is where he was on the board. He was mostly contesting one player in this area. I think I went in there and poked you around a little bit, but not much. Rude. It was. Um, And so when you went away, the entire west side of the board, in essence, belonged to one player. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And while you were stronger because you had two god abilities, you were you were placed in the center of two other gods, myself and the and the Sobek player. So you were able to spread out there reasonably well and do a lot of cool stuff, but. It that really like I guess maybe that's what you meant by placement. Don't let one two people because yeah, that's that's it. what I was saying is that it, had we all like been conscious of this, you would have been like, oh, Jonathan's near last place. I need to get over there because if he dies, then there's no one over there. You know, it's it, I do think it plays a part, big part, strategically. I just don't think to me, I it's I mean interesting. I will say this. <laughs> I knew all this but... stuff. Like I knew your temples would be destroyed, but it just never crossed my mind during it. Until the impact it of it didn't hit you. Yeah. The way, the way it, you, you didn't think it would hit you like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and some, and, and then the, the other, the biggest thing afterwards was also, I don't know. So theoretically the idea is, I think that for the person who's in last, it's the, or even the two people who were in last, it's supposed to give them a good shot, a better chance as opposed to feeling that they're just eliminated because they're working together. And so I, ideally the person who's uh second to last will have a better board state than the person who was in last. I don't know. I would argue that's maybe not always the case, but I think that's the idea of it is to give them a chance. But I, truly, I feel like if you removed this merging thing, if that just didn't exist and the game just played out the last, which is third possible because the way you, you choose rules, they have like scenarios, almost modules of how you play. And right. I one I, of them skips it. I don't, the game would not be worse. And I, at least as far as I can tell, maybe I'm missing a balancing thing that's essential, but it's right now, it feels like a very strange addition that I think a lot of people are not going to like when they play this, even if they're prepared for it, it would, I think will help, but. If uh, it's it's weird, it's weird. Now, as someone who didn't play this, I was I was busy. Um, <laughs> uh, would you have almost preferred to just lose? You're done. Like, you're, like you uh, lose, no. you're out of the game. I I don't think that early. Like just killing off one player well, I mean, sounds in just in general in this game. Or do you? Or do you think merging would have been? I don't, I mean, I wouldn't prefer that, but I can't well, say yeah. I felt like it much different from if that had just happened. And then I was, <laughs> it just felt like you were being dragged along. I, like a pity party. I, I, I yeah. kind of did. I did a little bit. Right. I, I think what would have been, I think a bit more ideal. There needs to be a way of like, cause you, you're, you're, you know, you're still on a team. One, you have a little almost skill tree and you just copy the other board. In essence, it's almost as if, the only reason you copy the other person's board is if you're not sitting next to each other, you can't just look at that one board. 
Like we okay. realized because you happen to be sitting next to the merch person. You're like, I, I, we should just slide your board over. There's no reason. But if there was something like, all right, whoever has the highest one, you can rebuild your skill tree. Like, oh, it turns out we have a lot of temples now. So we should have gone for that. Like you could then balance yourself to comp compete, compete with those who are higher. And then also give you something like, yeah, you each only get one action now, but you have access to your warriors. They have access to their warriors. Yeah. Something, could have been, something, it didn't feel like we got any benefits. Your benefit okay. is you're, you have two god powers, which maybe they're overpowered together, which is another thing now. You have to be like, oh, don't let – maybe there's something like don't let the raw player be at the bottom because they're really powerful if they're paired with someone. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, like theoretically that's – you get the extra god power, but that's that's it. That's every, – everything else was a downside for me. Now, the other person you were paired with, uh, let's say, let's do say. you think they didn't – like this like did this add anything no they, she definitely didn't like they, it <laughs> she literally said i need a break after this and went off and came back and apparently was reading board game geek to find out more about it <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so it's you it think i felt harming bad being wiped off the board <laughs> i wasn't the only one <laughs> so it's not only harming not harming but it's not only making it less fun for you yeah. but it's making it less fun for the other person you're i think everyone at the table was kind of just like what just happened it felt like a very weird turn. Um, hmm. Yeah, it was it was such a weird experience that I didn't expect. Like I said, up until that point, I was really enjoying it so much. And now, I just don't know. I'm I definitely want to play more, especially there's a Pharaoh expansion, which I actually think is going to be really fun to uh, play with. It gives another little board and stuff. But I, I also just part of me always finds this interesting. Not interesting, just curious because this is this is a very hot game. Everyone's going to want to talk about it, and we'll definitely do a review for. But it's also it's it's weird because this is the kind of game like if you didn't already buy it, you know, good luck getting it. Mm -hmm. It it's not. Can you not buy Rising Sun right now? Uh, I think you have to like spend a whole bunch on eBay. Maybe that's why eBay's there. Really, it's not. <laughs> I thought I thought most of Simon's catalog was. I mean, I know they have Kickstarter exclusive stuff, but I thought they would that all these were just like most of their miniature games are just this is how you get it. Maybe I'm wrong, but hmm. um, I mean, I'll I'll just do a yeah. I mean, let's see, let's see. I'm seeing a I'm seeing a listing on GameStop for of Rising Sun for ninety nine ninety nine. That actually might be the price, which is yeah, pretty. <laughs> not, I also see one on miniature market. Oh no, sorry, that's like an expansion thing. That's not a. That's not just a regular. So yeah, maybe it's not a uh, super readily available. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But um, it's yeah. Now, would you play again? I would definitely play it again. I, I mean, I I want to. I think the game, the core, is good enough, and I trust Eric Lang as a designer that. I want to play more and see what how the experience goes. Mm -hmm. But that said, I, I, I feel... don't I don't think I'm gonna ever I don't think I'm gonna turn around and go, oh, I could be wrong, but I don't feel like I'm gonna say now I get it. The merge mechanic is brilliant, actually. I I think I'm always gonna have some issues with Right. It. I mean, we we have not played Blood Rage and we loved Rising Sun. I don't think there was a moment in that, in, in fact, many games that we love. It, I mean, Actually, it's, it's possible. 
There, I mean, there is a weird, uh, when we first started this game, I thought I like this more than rising sun, I think, because one of the things that I was never able to really enjoy fully in rising sun was that every round you have a forced alliance with a player. I think at least I think it's forced. Maybe you have the option, but I always, there was always this weird thing to me of like, oh, we're on a team, but then later we're not gonna, there's only one winner. This doesn't quite jive with me. And this didn't have that. And, but then merging kind of was like a worse version of it. <laughs> so the, I was, what I was going to go with was we yeah. haven't had a game where, I mean, because you're saying like in the beginning is nice, but I feel like when, when merging happened, like you said, even the players who weren't part of the merge, like, I just felt like there was a cloud of despair that just hit the table. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was definitely, that would be very hard for it to climb, to fight against in our, uh, just, we'll see how the game plays. You don't merge but when there's only two I, players, by the way. <laughs> yes. I, I will say also, it is funny that you mentioned, I just feel like everything you just described there though, of like why you don't like the align system. Is why and, you like it, I assume. <laughs> no, it's like, that's why I don't like hidden roles. I'm like, we're on a team, but we're not because I don't know your role. And well, you are on a team. You just don't know if you're on a team or not. No, that's the. That, and to I me, don't, it's almost the same thing. Yeah. Well, to, I mean, I sure. To me, it's very different. <laughs> to me, it's the uh, we are going in a hidden role game. You're going to win together. You just have to puzzle out who your friends are. Versus, oh, we're friends, but no, we're not. Like, I, I don't see the. I I don't see the point of alliances in a lot of games. Unless, uh, I mean, there's exceptions, of course. But a lot of times I just feel like like that's why I like Cosmic Encounter is because two people can win together. There's a reason for us to work together. We could actually both benefit as opposed to like, you know, at some point I'm going to have to try to beat. How you. many of our <laughs> games have ended in multiple wins? I feel in my head, it's usually like, well, no, this person's going let's to win. be fair. We we play most games fewer than 10 times. So <laughs> percentage wise, I don't know. But the fact that it's a possibility is what's important to me. I, I'm just, I'm not a fan of, I'm just not, I think we said, I said this in the review of Rising Sun. I just, I don't love that whole like song and dance of, of let's help each other, but not really. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a fine line. Obviously some things work for different people. But that's just, that's just my preference. We have spent way too long talking about Ankh. I mean, it's a, it's mm -hmm. a very big game and obviously we had big complicated feelings about it. Uh, and it's the one that a lot of people are going to want to hear about. So we're probably going to have to cut even more games than we had planned. <laughs> You'll have to hear about them on our Patreon podcast. But let's try to keep moving. Let, let's let's jump to some stuff that uh, I haven't actually played with. Now, I mean, this Ankh is a huge meaty game, but mm. most of the stuff we played this weekend was party games. Uh, so I, I don't, Ivan, why don't you from 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 the kind of the curation we have here? What was what were some of the ones you particularly enjoyed or had a memorable experience with? uh two rooms and a boom that's always one of my my go-to favorites when we uh do this this big usually end of gen con shindig but this year it's different but uh when we have this many people together it's it's, it's always a fun fun way to get everyone interacting with each other where you don't have to split the room yeah, well, you technically you do you literally do split into two rooms, <laughs> but 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 yes, I, I see your point. Yes, hurt you. So two rooms and a boom uh, is a social game. People listening, uh, where everyone has a, a secret role. A special card tells you who you are. You're on two different teams, red and blue, and the red team has a bomber. The blue team has a president, 
and the red team wants those two to be in the same room together, the blue team wants them to be separate. And the game is split into multiple rounds wherein you uh, are talking to each other, trying to figure out who each other are. You can show each other your card if you agree to it. Uh, and then in between each round, people are going to get swapped between the literally between two rooms. This is a game that you need a space to play in where you can be separate enough not to overhear each other. Right. And yeah, one of one of my favorites as well. We, we played with um, we had a group of 14 and then a group of 13. So this is a game that you, the more people you have, the better. Is this the biggest group we've played with? I don't know for sure, but we might have gone to 15 or something. 16 or something. But. Our yeah. basic number. Okay. Yeah, this is um this this was a, this was a pretty healthy number. I was pretty happy with it. Uh, th- for me, so uh, like I said, I, I really like this game and this year most of us had already played it. Right. So I I started straight off the bat with some of the more advanced slightly more advanced roles whereas we usually just do like a very simple one to start off to get our feet wet. And mm-hmm. I was like this time. <laughs> and yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm happy we did that because usually that first round, yeah, you're getting used to the rules, but it's kind of like, okay, we get it. Who's this person? Who's that person? Who, you know? Yes, it can definitely be a little bit, especially, you know, we, you play a lot of these hidden role games and you kind of get the gist of it. Uh, but I think we locked into a couple of cards, one of which I, I don't know that I would want to play this game again without. Oh, actually, that's not true because there's a lot of roles and I I bet there's ones that accomplish similar goals that you could mix Mm. in. But one I really loved is called the hot potato. Yes. (laughs) And the hot potato does accomplishes two things. So the way it works is if someone has this card, they lose. So your goal is to show the card to someone else. If they agree to look at it, they have to swap cards with you. So it's a literal hot potato. Well, not literal, but it's a figurative hot potato. No, no, no. We play with a literal hot potato. <laughs> yeah, it made I it hard to disguise it. You're like, why is that guy b- bouncing their hands behind their back? It's suspicious. <laughs> and uh, so there's, you have to try to, n- now you're trying to convince people to take a card from you and it makes you much more wary of just looking at people's cards. There's a, right. there's a danger to it now. And also the fact that you can swap means that in a normal game of two rooms in a boom, if I see your card and you're the president, I have that information. I could go share that with my team later. But if that's round one, round two, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe the president got the hot potato and that the president could be God knows who now, someone who I thought wasn't even on my team before. So I, I love the way that messes with your perception of what's going on. I thought it made the game much more interesting and eliminated the problem that I think sometimes happens of, oh, these people just share with each other and like by round three, they kind of know everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The hot potato didn't definitely make me have a small panic attack when I was the doctor because I wasn't sure in that round that, oh, do I have to go hunt down the president again? And figure out oh, right. who, oh, the, yeah. who the new president is. Right. There's a role. So the doctor and the president need to meet with each other for the blue team to win. Yeah. And I, I, I think I don't remember. I don't think I looked it up, but I think we landed on if you've met with one president, it counts because yeah. otherwise it's just so complicated right. <laughs> to track. Uh, yeah. So the other roles I ended up with, I ended up with uh, the doctor twice. I was the psychologist or mm-hmm. what's right. the psychologist. Okay. Yeah. And then I think at one point I was just blue. 
<laughs> yeah, I had that once. <laughs> yeah, I think that was yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I was a little disappointed. I didn't get any of the. I was never something juicy. Well, actually, the last round I kind of was, but I never got to be a president or. Uh, but I guess most people aren't. Um, is there? I don't know if we did this. Can you just take out the plain cards, like just the blue and the red? We did. We do did. That, yes. We did. Okay. So was that like towards the end? Yes. Or? After after mm-hmm. the first game, there was one little mistake. But yes, after the first game, everybody had a special role. Okay, cool. So that makes it 100% better. Yeah. Well, 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 well any st- Sorry, my, my Google oh. just went off. I apologize. <laughs> I'm like, who's here? <laughs> uh, well, any any of the cards, the roles stand out to you from this time, Will? I I really am a big fan of the potato, like just for all the reasons, <laughs> because it does make everyone just show off everything. You can't have the one guy like, I'm just showing everything. Right. And you're right. like, okay. And... Once again, I feel like I think it's one of the ones to suggest. But for now, I really don't like the shy guy role because I know it helps other people be like, I'm I'm a shy guy. I can't show you. But if you actually are the shy guy, it's just like, well, <laughs> yeah, I well, literally cannot. Well, let's, I'll explain for people. So so normally in the yes. game, you can, like we said, you can share either your whole card with someone or you can just show them your color to show them you're on their team or not. And the shy guy, he cannot share is it. The whole card or any part? Anything. Anything. There's two different. There's a lesser version of it as well. Yeah. The Koi Boy. They're not allowed to show their card. And yeah, the reason, I, I guess maybe it's not as much fun. The reason that's in the game uh, initially is another reason to stop people from sharing is someone, people can lie. I think the shy guy exists so that other people can pretend to be it. Right. That's <laughs> right. what I'm saying. And the problem is, I feel like it, but if you actually are the shy guy, that's the problem. When I feel like the potato, you could still do something. You're, you're on a timer, yeah. but you're trying to really convince people. And I think that one, I think it does, not perfectly, but does a similar idea that the shy guy's designed to do. And I think a bit more enjoyable. I mean, maybe it stinks if you lose, if you're holding at the end. <laughs> but yeah, it well, also, what also is hilarious, I think, was uh, in the beginning when we first added the potato was one person was like, hey, I want to share me. We're all just like, no. You're definitely the potato. Like, I was like, why does no one want to share with me? Well, I really, that's, like, I think the best part of it. So people don't walk around and just basically put their card in their forehead and <laughs> right. show everyone who they are. Yeah, this was the first time, you know, there's, so there's another called, card called uh, Paranoid. And Paranoid is a little bit like the shy guy. You can share your card, but only once. Only once during the whole game. Uh, so you have to be spe- specific about it. And I didn't have that card, but this was one of the first times where I, I did try the tactic of, I said, I'm paranoid, which is why I can't show you my card. Yes. And another person in the room said, actually, I am. <laughs> I think she was telling the truth and I was lying. So there was a fun back and forth. So I do think some of the cards and yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's not the shy guy is not super fun inherently, but uh, if you are, if you know the game well enough and if you've played it a lot of times, you're familiar with the roles, you can kind of create some of those more meta moments with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I, I appreciate them for. I will add one quickly before we move on. Uh, that we did one round play with the intern and the victim who are actually neutral. They don't care who wins as long as they're in the room with either the president or the bomber. And both of these roles, I found the other person pretty quickly. It's very interesting because we started playing both sides. Like we'd be like, look, this is my role. I'm not against you. So the, the one team would be like, okay, we'll share your information. And then I went down and share that information with the known blue player. I, I, I knew 
which mm. then the blue team's like, all right, now we'll share you with what we know and stuff. Cause we'll make sure we'll try to get you with the president. <laughs> <laughs> got, so it, that, got it. Got it. That's it's fun. A, you get to play a, a pretty much fun mercenaries. <laughs> yeah. When I was the doctor, um, I think it was you and me. Yeah. When you were the we intern, shared right? very early on. So we're both like, okay, we're both looking for the president. Yeah. I'll let you know if I find out and vice versa, which I feel like that's adds to this game because you want to team up with people. Right. But it feels like a safe team up for the, you know, for both teams. And it becomes very hilarious. At the end we're like, wait, you helped them. <laughs> yeah you can play both sides yeah that's that's fun i wish i got some of those roles i think they're more interesting but my- what are some uh other cards you want to like because i know we we shy away from some of them um are there any you're 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 chomping at the bit to get in oh there's a lot that i want to try i mean there's a ton of them I, I mean a big one that i i'm curious about is there's a couple of roles like the zombie which infect people and mm-hmm. so it becomes more of one of those kind of games where you can like spread your infection and try to become a third team and win that way. Um, there, there's a bunch that mess around with like positioning of people in the rooms and will uh, move people even during the game. There's there's some real wild ones. I mean, the, the one thing for me of this game is I it's just so hard to get the group together, but I, I would love to do like a day of this, you know, and, and I, I yeah. feel like people get there's always at least a few people in our group. Sometimes it's me even <laughs> who are like, ah, I don't want to do this again. And if, you know, if some people aren't fully into it, then it, the whole thing falls apart. But I, I just wish we had the opportunity. Cause I mean, the games are so fast and yeah. for me, it's just so fun to explore all those different combinations, but people get and burned I out. Like- I think that this is the exact amount of time I could play this game, <laughs> huh. which is interesting because it's, probably an hour or less like each game lasts like eight minutes or something you know what right. I, mean? I mean and maybe i could fit some a few more games but a whole day i don't think i, I can mean when i say a whole day I'm, i mean like i mean a I'm, game night i mean yeah like a, a yeah few that's hours what i assume like something yeah you know at least that's but, usually yeah. like three to four even five hours i don't think yeah. i could do that is oh, it, see, is it think- the social like exertion that you have to put into play it's it. a combination that it's a combination of anything with hidden roles like that is are very is very draining to me but i don't feel That's like fair. like like a bsg with a hidden roles like that i don't see this as a typical hidden role game because everyone yeah, well is it, it is because it's not well BSG, right that's right. unfair because you're doing the same game for two hours versus, <laughs> well, I think, well yeah but, but with other games like that like you are usually you're the only hidden role person and you have no one to like like if you mess yeah, up, but it's still like this comes back to the I mean, even with the alliance thing with I know like with Rising Sun, I know they're going to betray me eventually because we we are one v one in this. I don't know. And that like I will start like I'm sure if I were to go out past two hours or something, I will start like whatever. Or, like I'll just show my card off to everyone in the room. Like I don't have the mental capacity and energy to to deceive, be deceitful. <laughs> and for me, this almost feels like a like a like an exercise and improv. Like you want to like, like try like make yourself a character for every card you get and, and kind of work that into it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun. Moments. I think, I think what you're getting at Ivan is that the, in a lot of hidden role games, there's 
from my perspective, there's good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. And in this game, it's not like, oh, that person's the werewolf. They're bad. Take them. At, like, you're not accusing people because they're bad. Right. It's, you're not you're not eyeballing one person to figure out, OK, out of these eight people, who's the, like. So that's why for me, it feels it's a little less pressure because I don't feel yeah. like, oh, God, everyone's going to hate me because I'm the one who's going to make them lose. You're you're all doing your own thing. I think that eases it a little bit. And for a big event like we had, I feel like this is a really good like um look, like I mean icebreaker this, game. This made my party game list still. I still think it's a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, I get it. I get it. I totally I totally get it. Okay. Well, uh, Will, why don't you what what should we talk about next? Because I, I don't know how much of this we're gonna get through. So we could get through well, a bunch of them. I mean, I don't know, we can go a little longer. Uh I feel like we gotta talk about the other big one at least. I, okay. Though, All right. Well, maybe I mean I wanna okay. I definitely want to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I'm just like, worried about the time. That's why. Nah, nah like, it's fine. It's fine. Feel, okay. Maybe just like one or two more of the lighter games because I think that one's going to be another uh, another controversial discussion. <laughs> maybe, uh, just, maybe just highlight a couple of the sure. ones that we had fun with. I don't know. Uh, a quick talk. We'll say talk about wavelength, which was actually I wasn't in that one initially, but I just sort of joined in. We've talked about playing digitally, but playing it physically, I got to say now. Huge difference. Love it a lot more. Love the presentation of the board. Uh, definitely a really great game if you have a lot of people. And almost not even have to do the team thing. It's just fun to just do. And we didn't um, at one point. Like, we were just kind of, people were stepping in and out, if I'm thinking of the right game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a fun experience. Yeah, Wavelength is a ge- word. Uh, well, it's, it's a guessing game. Uh, that's very a very fun party game. And definitely was, also going to be really fun where you're like, why would you put that there? Because everyone's like what one person views as dirty or something. Other person's like, that's not that bad. You right. know? Yeah. The idea is there's two uh, lines of opposing a sides, yeah, like clean and dirty, um, overrated actor or underrated actor. Um, right. So you- of course my favorite one of them all, which became, was a great topic was uh, if, if Godzilla was in the, if it's like Godzilla would ruin the movie, adding Godzilla would ruin the movie. Adding Godzilla would help the movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the idea is the clue giver gives a clue as to where a point falls in between those two ideas. And well, I mean, this game worked pretty well because people were like kind of coming in and out to cook and stuff or do whatever, which did work. But I, there is also part of me now that's like, I kind of want to play this again when everyone is actually committed to sitting in their right. seats for the whole time. <laughs> but it was it was a it was a fun one for that purpose too. Um, go ahead. Um, the I mean, there are plenty of others. Uh, there I know Ivan. You and I played Dinosaur Tea Party, and I really love this game. Uh, it is a game in which there are a bunch of dinosaur cards on the table with different attributes. I call it a game your version of Guess Who. You're given a card secretly of one of these roles. You're at, going around the table asking people questions, mm-hmm. but some of the cards change it may always lie or go yes or no so sometimes you have to be like are they lying to me or not um and of course it's when people get into the game too because like reading the rules we're all like oh heavens to betsy are, are you wearing a scarf right now and i feel like that adds to it if people are willing to get into it so i think that one is a great restoration games i think it um, almost always jonathan even though you weren't there we're always tend to be happy with their games i'm just upset we didn't have any tea We'll have to fix that for next time. Do it next time. But no, that is, I I do love that game. I think I've played it a few times now. Uh, This one, Ivan, you didn't play with us, but I think you would love it, was Kitchen Rush. I talked about this one before on the podcast, but Jonathan, this was your first time playing it. 
Yeah, Kitchen Rush, essentially the overcooked board game for anyone who plays oh. video games. Uh, everyone is has stand timers as their workers, essentially, and you put them on a space and you can't leave that space until the timer runs out. So you take whatever action it is, and it could be gathering ingredients, getting a new uh, customer, which will tell you what ingredients they need, and then you have to go to the kitchen and cook those ingredients and serve it to them before time runs out. And everyone's doing this at the same time, so you're all moving sand timers around, talking to each other. I need this space. I need that space. Somebody has to wash the dishes. Uh, this There's new customers. Somebody got these customers in, whatever it is. And uh, we played like the first four scenarios. I think we played through like half of them and they get progressively mm -hmm. harder, more complicated. And it was really fun. Yeah, really, really fun. I, I very much enjoyed my time with it. It's It's got a lot of things I like. I like simultaneous play. I like real time. I like overcooked. <laughs> I, I definitely would love to go back and finish off the rest of them. And very uh, glad to hear it because I, I agree. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have me as nearly the wackiness of overcooked. So don't expect like weird pirate ships and stuff, but it's oh, still a, a, a blast. <laughs> the wackiness comes into play from just the, you know, the interaction of the players and being yes. scattered and everything. Uh, I, I got the chance also to play Vast, the Mysterious Manor, for the first time, which is from the Leader Games. It's very much in the vein of something like their game Root, uh, in the fact that every player is a different asymmetrical character. And it take, there was an original version of this called Vast, the Crystal Caverns, which was a fantasy theme. This one is more of a haunted house theme. And so every player is a different thing going on. One player is the house itself. One player is a giant spider. One player uh, is a bunch of skeletons. And you all have very different goals. Uh, I, I played as the skeleton force, the skeleton team. And my uh, victory condition was killing the paladin. And the paladin's condition was to kill the spider. The spider just wanted to like uh, lay a bunch of eggs, put a bunch of webs out and leave. <laughs> for for example, so some people's things interacted with each other. Some people were much more in, individualized and separated. And everyone also has the very different set of rules and actions and how their turns work. You're moving around the house, flipping tiles over uh, very different things. My skeletons were uh, I had five different ones with different powers and they had various orders. I had to activate them in. So I was trying to move them and position them to surround the paladin, take his life force out. Very, very fun game. I really liked it. It's I, like I said, it's I said it's uh, similar to Root in the sense of the asymmetric forces. But whereas Root is really a, you know, it's a it's a war game. It's an area control combat game in spite of its wacky, cute theme. It's pretty intense. Uh, and this game is can be very strategic and I think certainly has depth to it. But it felt a little bit um, it's a little bit sillier. It's not quite as intense. And I, what I love about this game is it uses a lot of the, the mechanics and the theme are very well tied together. This is what I love about a lot of my favorite games. So, you know, even in root, there's a point where you can go, okay, I have two orange guys here and which region do you control? And, uh, oh, I have to spend two cards to do that. Like you can have a strategic discussion that sounds like you're discussing a game. And I think that's much harder in, in vast. All of the discussions were, all right, if I lay all my eggs here, 
how does that affect my webs? And, oh, let me move a room to the other side of the house, which is going to put a wall up. I love that all the conversations sounded like they were actually in the universe of this game. It was very, very immersive in that way. So I had a great time with it. I really, I really want to try the different factions and everybody at the end when we finished was like one or two turns away from winning. So it was very close. It, it seems to be very well balanced. I love when games do that. So you don't feel awful when somebody wins. <laughs> yeah. And also it's hard to even tell because of, because like one person seemed like was maybe in a far last place, but just at the end, they ramped up a lot because everybody works differently. Hmm. So you can't just be like, Oh, well they have 10 points and I have nine. Uh, you might not even know like what they're doing <laughs> if you're not paying attention. Okay. So that's vast. The mysterious manner. I'm curious what your time with pictures was like, will, cause this was the huh. spiel is Yara's winner that you finally got a chance to play. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. What's it, what's it like? Did you, did you enjoy it? So the way the game works is there's a grid of random images, a four by four and a bag of tokens that go for coordinates like B2 and stuff on your turn. You're secretly going to draw one of those tokens out. And there are five different clue giving things that you have to work with. Depending on what turn you are, you rotate them around. It could be two pieces of string. Uh, You have to make a, a little nine by nine grid of small pixel cubes like a really, 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 really derezzed image. Uh, there, there was some blocks. There was some stones and sticks. And I think I'm forgetting. <laughs> oh, and then a, a a deck of cards you have with symbols. So you're, each player has their own, possibly the same image, because there's multiple copies of grid coordinates in there. And you have to try to make the images and have, you want people to guess them. For everyone, for every time you guess someone correctly, you get a point. And for every time they guess yours correctly, you get a point. And it really did seem that depending on obviously which image you get for depending on the clue thing, a lot of people were just like, I am. Oh, I feel every time everyone's just apologizing. (laughs) No one felt like, Oh God, this looks terrible or this, you know, um, because it was so hard to make a clue is, is what you're saying. Yes. For a lot of these, like I, I, and there's, I'm trying to make a car, I guess out of this, but I don't know how, um, and while we've seen this before in kinds of games, it just felt like everyone was very, it, I mean, it was a, it still, it somehow felt casual. Like, I think that's why I was picked. It was a very good family game for the spiel, but it also felt, everyone felt very stressed. <laughs> I wonder um, if it's just, uh, I, I haven't tried it. I, I wonder if it's just, I want to see how you feel about it. Um, personally like I, for me, yeah. it's not a terrible game. And it's like, it's fun. Sometimes you're like, Oh wait, this will work perfectly. But I definitely could see it as a game I'd kick off my shelf. But I, I'm wondering if I, I don't, and I don't even know who you played it with. Uh, but I wonder if it was just maybe it's a left brain, right brain thing that everyone happened to be a more like analytical I mean, person that uh, it didn't work. For. I will say one of the people at my at the table is the person who usually isn't like the uh, the one who loves party games. But I think for the rest of the group. Like, I, I think there's enough spread of the people how I feel like what they like about games or not. But it might not it, even be whether like liking party games, but just just some people's brains, which just right, aren't attuned right. to this kind of puzzle or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I have like I, I could be one of those people. I'm just I, somebody I, I, must I'll have just liked say it, this. Right? <laughs> I was whelmed. Like, I didn't think it was terrible, 
But it, this isn't like the, oh man, this definitely would have made my top 10 list. Did you know whelmed means overwhelmed? Oh, I thought whelmed was like neutral. Yeah, that's what people think. But whelmed actually means the same thing as overwhelmed. You can just say whelmed. Overwhelmed well, that's is really overwhelming. Yeah, now that, that's good. I was You were midwhelmed. There's not the a more word. you know. There you go, everybody. Look that up. I could be wrong. Okay, so we will finish <laughs> off. The sh- we'll end the show by talking about just one more big game, which was the last game we played of the weekend. That this was one of my uh, quarantine pickups <laughs> of I want to buy a game someday. We'll play this. Maybe this game is called Sidereal Confluence, and this is the new edition from Wiz Kids. It's got all new art from Quanche Maria, who did uh, uh, Dinosaur Island and lots of other really beautiful uh, cryptid. He did the art for great board game artist. It is a big science fiction negotiation and trading game in which everyone is a different race. You all have different cards that uh, produce resources, and each person has their own very unique abilities and skills. And the majority of the game is a free-for-all simultaneous negotiation period where you're talking to each other, trying to decide if you want to trade, and you can trade your little resources. There's like seven or eight different kinds of cubes. There's all your cards are tradable. Uh, and also you have these ship tokens, which are used later to bid on new cards. You're also inventing technology. And when someone invents technology, everyone at the table gets a copy of it. And the technology can be used for things later on. So what some of the things you do will affect everyone, whether you want them to or not. This is uh, a game that goes up to nine players. We, I think, probably foolishly uh, for our first game, uh, played uh, at the eight player count, which is a lot. And of course, that means that some of the more complicated roles came into play. And uh, it was, you know, it was late and it took a while to explain the game. People, I think, were not um, at the time fully in the mood to listen and learn a game. <laughs> Maybe it was a little just too late for this kind of thing, but I was, uh, I was determined and I'll, I'll let, I'll let maybe Ivan uh, talk. Something just happened. Everybody okay. No, I'm laughing. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I said, I'll let Ivan uh, take, take lead on this, but I will say that I don't know. This discussion will be interesting because while there were some hiccups, I think by the end of the night of the eight people that played, I think all of us, really really liked the experience with the exception of the two of you <laughs> so yeah that's why i left you tell me what um, what you thought about the game i could see myself liking this game the conditions in which we were playing this might have been the worst two hours of the entire event for it me. was more than two hours but go on <laughs> that might also be a reason too um I don't, I think it might just be the way we had the table set up. We were uh, sitting, sitting at a long rectangle table where we should, I feel like it should have been a round table for the whole trading aspects. Even though I think you said the rule book says you should get up and walk around. No, no, no. It doesn't, it does not specify anything about okay. getting up. No. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what other games that have the, everyone trades at the same time aspects but uh, the the game with the bull a pit <laughs> oh yeah that's true oh. that's a very much much simpler version of this game <laughs> yes but it does have non-turnover trading that's yes yes, yes okay yes. but i don't think that's a, a mechanic in games that 
I personally enjoy because it's it's too overwhelming. There's too much going on. Um, you know, like if you're not somebody who can has a booming voice and who can like inter like interrupt somebody else from talking, then you're not going to do well in this part of the game. Well, do you think uh, had we started with a game like of like five or six people and you got a better handle of the rules and how everything worked and then maybe we graduated to seven or eight it would help a little bit that you it was part of the problem in other words that just you know none of us knew what we were doing <laughs> it could have been that i definitely think this game should not be played with more than like five or six hmm. um, especially the people in our group <laughs> let's i want to hear names <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, well, uh, you no, <laughs> <laughs> the two of you, uh, myself, um, it, I, I yeah. would say because I did like certain parts of this game. I liked the keeping track of, you know, lining up your cubes to figure out what gets triggered next turn. Um, basically upgrading, you know, four cubes for one bigger cube, or 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 getting your points because towards the end of the game, which. I'll let you explain that we didn't get to the entire game. We, we called it. We called it early because it was very late. And clearly I, I could see the writing on the wall that it was spend two more hours of, <laughs> with this or just <laughs> everyone seems like we, we need to take a break for our own sanity because we got to get out of here tomorrow. <laughs> um, that I could see that like my character is a slow starter. So like uh, the more I go on, the more I will end up getting victory points or regular and get an end of game points. Um, but it's also annoying because you can't ask anyone else at the table for rules clarifications because you're the only one with said rules. Right. Which again is, it was all our first time. So that's right. Like, like part of the I issue. think I, I mentioned this while we were playing, this seems like a game that you keep playing the same character every time you play it. Potentially, yeah, potentially, and would make this a lot, um, lot more fun. Uh, is that but, how much of that rings true for you, Will? Uh, so <laughs> this is the one game I really wish we didn't have Ivan on because I knew similar opinion. This way, you could have someone who could uh, uh, be well, on your I'll, side. I'll John. be the one on. That's okay. I'll be on my side. Um, <laughs> I don't need anyone. <laughs> I can see why a lot of people love this game. Like, I do think there's actually a lot of cool elements to it. Um, I don't think I might, I like, I don't think the, yeah, I don't even think, blame my group. Like, it had some annoying comp things, and I actually brought components from other games to help me, like, just keep track. But I don't think that, I don't really blame it too much. I think it's just my mind. I do think this is a game, if you've ever wanted to be like, I would love to be at Wall Street. That's what this game felt like to me. Mm -hmm. Buying and selling, trading. I am not a person who likes fluid rules. I don't know how else to say this. And I think this goes back to trader as well. Like I like to find like this costs five coin. That you are my enemy. <laughs> and this and the traders are that. This, this there's so much back and forth and so and I and I will be taken advantage of in these things. Like someone will be like, I will trade you this. I'll be like, okay, I'll take the trade. And it's almost certainly against my favor, which even hurt more because my group leader says you should trade not in your favor because you need those resources. Um, and I think it's real. The problem is nothing against the game. It's just me. 
So that makes me feel even worse because it's not like, like, oh, I think this is a poor mechanic. Yeah. And especially in the higher player count, I didn't interact with Jonathan at all during this game. <laughs> I, I went over to you I, once or twice. <laughs> maybe. I interacted with Ivan because I realized, like, I haven't talked to Ivan in the three hours we're playing. So I walked over, I'm like, Ivan, can we make a trade? And we did. But it wasn't like I was trying to. It was just, it, it just, it's so hard to. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think for me, this comes back to what I think was the biggest failing was doing our first game with this many players. I think mm. I, I love the experience overall, but I think a lot of that gets alleviated. If you've played, you, I think if we did round two the next night, I mean, you might, I think you still might enjoy it because of the base reasons. Like you said, this isn't your style of game, but it would have been a little easier for you because now you understand how your race works. You understand also what resources are actually worth. I mean, when I played, I was just kind of winging it. I was like, I don't know if this is a good trade. It seems good. I was just kind of trying things and just seeing where they would lead. And, uh, you know, we, like, again, we all had very different aliens. So that means a lot of different things depending on what you're doing. Right. But I do think, yes, the it's this is a hard game to play for the first time. And I, I think later on you might go, oh, I, I remember this race has kind of likes these kinds of cubes. Let me go talk to them about this. Like maybe the, I think seven plus, I think six might be the cap. If you're not a group who has all played this a couple of times, at least. Okay. I, I think experience is the, I'm guessing is the factor that would have helped the most, but it, yeah, would have definitely helped a bit. And like, like I said, I don't even like, I don't want to say like, oh, I, I hate this about the game or I think this is terrible pill. It's just, it's just not what works for me. Yeah, that's I feel fine. so bad to say that. Because <laughs> I feel I like, sorry, go ahead. Because um, I feel like this game, like I said, I could see so many of the elements where if that's your jam, it's just so much fun. Mm -hmm. I've been, you know. I was definitely thinking like, this is like a definitely like, you know how they have like the type A personality, type B personality thing. Mm -hmm. This is a type A personality game. Yeah. Like somebody because, who's like, oh, likes yeah. Competition. Well, I my guess brother who is so type A. <laughs> but then my, this is perfect yeah. for him. He was running around the table. He was like, let me negotiate between you guys. Like my next question it, is, would you define me as a type A person? Yeah. Yeah. Really? 100%. <laughs> I do not feel that way at all. <laughs> I don't think I'm like that. Uh, but that's interesting <laughs> that, that you do. Uh, I mean, maybe it's being around people I know. Uh, I'm more comfortable. But I mean, you have. I like don't love competition. That's for sure. <laughs> this the, the part I enjoyed about this game wasn't competing with people. Uh, right, but did you like the the trading aspect? Well, yeah, of course, but I don't think because that's uh, that's the that's the competition aspect because you're competing to hear yourself or get your health self heard over people, uh, other people. I guess for me, it was just easier. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't. I mean, I was also standing up and getting moving around the table, or I was. I, well, I, I was I going guess up I just, to somebody and saying, "Hey, you and me, what do you think about this? Can we make this work?" I, I never felt I, like I was yelling I guess or anything. To me, you change into a type oh, no. A person around board games. <laughs> you're you're the kind of person who definitely yeah. loves a lot more of those social games. Well, right? no, I do love I, social games. I guess I don't know. Maybe the maybe it's the type A label that I'm taking issue with. Well, that, I'm also I, using that very loosely. Yes. <laughs> this is the best way to explain it. 
Um, I, I use, like you, I no, use you, board games as my outlets to do that. Right, whereas I, I guess. couldn't normally do it. True. <laughs> I guess. And like, you are of the same personality. I think of me of like, even for this thing, I mean, we're talking about podcasts right after now, but both of us would tend to be an ideal. We'd be like, all right, I don't see anyone for a few days now. <laughs> I need no social interaction. It, yeah. It's, I know it for, trains coming me for from sure. two people who play a lot of board games where you think all social stuff is big and important. We love it, but it drains us. <laughs> yeah. No people, you know, the definition of introvert, you know, you can find that. Right. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it, you, you, the difference yeah. is, I guess, and maybe this is where I was in my head when type A and that was the, the wrong word to use is you like this, even though you seem to, at least to me, even in this, you're, you were yelling at people like, I am not the biggest problem. Like, well, I will say also, I, I did have two shots of rum in me during this night, <laughs> but continue. <laughs> that may be but a I mean, even in, I'm, yeah. I'm being very general with this, like yeah. these kinds of games where like even hidden traders, like it seems like while you are frustrated, it, it, you still come out of the, the, the game, the night happy. I enjoy. Th- I come yeah. out of it angry and grumpy, <laughs> and will be fu- and be thinking about it for about three weeks. I think it's harder. It's it's very easy for me to separate. Even though I love being immersed, I'm I'm acting. I'm like when I'm playing this game, I'm not me. You're on. Right. I'm 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 this alien race. So I I can get into an argument, and I can be heated, and I can be excited. But yes, it doesn't uh, affect me as much usually. After yes. But once again, once all is said and done, I just I want to clarify, even though I'm not coming out of this of like, oh, man, I love this experience. I still see like, oh, this is, I think, a much better way. Like, let's bring back Pit. That has the same kind of thing. But Pit, you get tired and bored of. I think this is the one where you want to sink your teeth in deeper, too. I mean, Ivan, you said you want to try out the different race, the same race over and over. I could see be like, oh, man, now I got to try out the planet race. See, I don't you think know. I could do that in a game like this until I have you master one, and then you exactly. may move on. I guess that's where that's where my mind went when I think of something like Root or Call of or uh, Cthulhu Wars, where the asymmetricalness could be really fun. The problem is since I can't even get to the core mechanic of the trading well, that's where my issue is, and I do not think the game has any reason to change anything up for that. That's one hundred percent will. This <laughs> is a trading game. I just think that's the aspect that our group and me personally made the longest, most grueling part. Uh, yeah, we definitely should have put a timer I on it. I think but. it definitely is a trick. I think that is intended. I think that's really? by design. Okay. No, I I definitely do. I think that is very much the core of the game is a, is it the trading. <laughs> I, I think we were actually playing it right. Uh, with maybe, yes, they suggest if you want, you could put a timer on, uh, which I would definitely want to do depending on what time of day you're starting the game at. But yes, yes. But, but I also was like, kind of like, well, people are still having fun making deals. So I didn't want to like tell them time. You must stop now, you know? Right. But this is why Jonathan also was like, I mean, I really wish you had someone else who played this game before. That wasn't us who maybe would be like, <laughs> no, I like this kind of game. And, you know, <laughs> that's all right. But yeah, I mean, I'll just say, obviously I enjoyed it a lot more than you guys. And, uh, I, I do find all the, the trading fun. I mean, it was overwhelming for me too. And I still feel like I, I'm still trying to grasp exactly how I'm supposed to play my race, but, mm-hmm. but I just enjoyed it as an experience. It made me, it felt like a, I don't know, like a big, it felt less like a board game and more like almost like the way two rooms and a boom is. It's more of a social like experience, experience. and activity. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that's novel. And I thought that's it was doing some cool stuff. And you could usually tell when like I'm 100 percent. Not in a board game, I just got up. <laughs> like, if right. you know any tells about me, like I will start like, oh, I'll start cleaning. I think that's a tell uh, about I mean, it's most not my people. turn. <laughs> I did too, but I don't. Once again, I don't, that was less the board game. Well, it sort of was because just because I think my race, it's much harder for me to. Even though I make a lot of resources, I had to give them away. So that was like mm-hmm. I was done. So I don't. I don't. Once again, I don't really. I don't want to. Say, I don't want to blame the game for that. And there was Jonathan. You hinted like we were leaving the next day, so my mind, my own anxiety was like, I, I really got to get this stuff oh. done. It's already so late. Like I really feel the game for me had so much stacked up against it to enjoy it, and I still think it did a good, like a good job as it could. Yeah. So, and like in my brain, comparing this game to Two Rooms and a Boom, let's say, where Two Rooms and a Boom, I get that card. I am that personality like i'll go around being the doc asking people doing whatever but i think it might just be the trading aspect part of certain games especially in a louder group that when you have eight people it's gonna be louder (laughs) i also though this is the one thing i will highly suggest for the game even with like that which is why i think you you, jonathan you said like lower play account would matter Mm -hmm. be at a round table yeah like half the reason I did get up to do stuff was because I was like, I don't even know what you do, but <laughs> yeah. you're all the way across the table. That and also, I think each race has a different like recommended play style. Like some, I know there's another player who theirs was like, this one doesn't need to interact as much with other people. You can kind of. I know. I was like, man, thing. I want to be that race. <laughs> so there might be another race that you just totally click with. You know that, and like again, I think it's another factor of we had so many people and nobody knew how anything worked. So we couldn't be like, Oh, this one's right for me or whatever. And also like, I think mine was ranked one of the easier ones. It, it was, it was in the, like the three, they recommend new players. Yeah, use. was kind of, it was two boards of rules and like a whole weird, like mechanic of having to try to have people collect my tokens and build technology so I can get points for it. Yeah, the, the, I think the way they rank difficulty probably greatly varies on your proclivity for negotiation and such. Right. No. Yeah. I think uh, I was talking with you about that, Jonathan. I felt like the rankings were less challenging, like in, like you like just wrapping your head around mechanics all the time. But it could be more of just how well can you deal with other people at the table with this. For example, I think some of the higher ranking ones weren't difficult as much as if players are maybe a bit more knowledgeable, they might just like, I'm not trading with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you really have to sell yourself more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, um, I think the person who was a five at the example, he was having a great time because no one, everyone was just trading with him easily. And because he's very outgoing and stuff and can sell himself. But like, right. I imagine if I had that role, like I can easily see a lot of you. Cause you just know me. <laughs> Being like, Will is up to something. Don't trade with him. <laughs> but I, that's something I also actually liked about having so many people is I didn't feel as much like it's like, oh, well, right. That, it's if, much harder to to be um to like run away or whatever. But it's like if that player is doing well, but I also got a good deal, like eh, there's a good chance they'll maybe make a worse deal with someone later. Like I don't have to worry about them <laughs> like taking the game away from me as long as I get what I'm happy with. Okay. Okay. Anyway, 
that game is sidereal confluence. Uh, obviously, this was a an interesting group to play it with, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I certainly would love to play. It. And I'm also just one of our friends who wasn't there. Unfortunately, I think he would have loved this. Oh my like, no, he would have taken my race and just run with it. <laughs> he would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, because the problem is, it's like it's a huge disadvantage if you're not really good at planning ahead and thinking like of using your engines at the right time. He's the person who can do that. So he would have just like been raking in resources and just like slapping technologies like it's no one's business. Right. <laughs> so anyway, Sidereal Confluence, check it out. That's we got to end our show here. We had so much to discuss. We don't want to go another two hours. No, I don't think so. Ivan, if people do want to go another hour with you, uh, don't read into that. Where can they follow <laughs> you online? Well, uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, Instagram.com slash Ivan Han or my website, Ivan Wow. We'll have links to that stuff in the show notes. And if you want more Roll for Crit, you can check out rollforcrit.com. If you want to hear us talk about it, if you can even believe it, even more board games, do it on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Roll for Crit, where you can get our weekly bonus episodes and join our Discord and hang out with us. And also, we'd love it if you sent an email into the show. We could answer your question in a future episode when we have more time to do it. Our email address for the show is meeplegallery at gmail.com. You can join the Meeple Gallery. Or you can just uh, tweet at us or rate us on iTunes. Also is nice if you like the show. That helps us out. So do all that. And also, we we have Gen Con stuff coming up soon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. So look forward to that. Of course, until Gen Con... Well, though, this is the same place to go for the Gen Con stuff. Mm-hmm. We originally had a YouTube channel. Go there. We have reviews. A top 10 list just came out. That's really nice. And we're also on Twitch every now and then. You can watch us maybe bumble through a video game together or maybe some uh, live playthroughs. Yeah. Who knows what's out there? Just follow us. Uh, check it all out. Thank you for listening to this extra long episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and I would love to hear your thoughts on any of these subjects, especially if you have more experience with some of these games. But until that happens, thank you, Ivan, for joining us on the show. Always good. I look forward to my uh, my fourth. I oh, oh wow! So that'll be the uh, Phantom Menace episode. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I'm John. I'm Will. This was Roll for Crit. Mm-hmm.